Meanwhile, back at the Hall of Justice, our mild-mannered podcasters were bombarded by gamma rays, bitten by radioactive bugs, mutated by toxic waste, irradiated with cosmic rays, born into a world that doesn't understand them. First issue. Everybody, it's Wednesday, February 13th, 2013, and you are listening to the Talking Comics Podcast. I am your host, Bobby Shortle, and I'm in the house with Steve Say. Hello. Mr. Bob Ryer. Ciao. And joining us once again, Spider-Man expert, Rob Newmeyer. Where am I? <laughs> How's it go? So we're here. We survived our latest out with the weather. Oh, God. Uh, First snowstorm with a name that I can ever yeah, recall. Nemo. Nemo. An adorable name for a snowstorm. Uh, we had a blizzard, a record snowfall, right, for Long Island, our town, our Medford. T- 33 inches. Yeah. Goodness. Crazy. That's it, what she said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was some of the craziest stuff I've ever seen. And I mean, just trying to dig myself out and all the pictures... Absolutely insane. Say, so did you see uh, Scott Snyder? Oh, with him with his shovel, yeah, like, defeating his driveway, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I mean, he had to fly out to go to that DC retreat. Yeah. so crazy. I guess both companies are doing a retreat this weekend, huh? Or this week. Yep, yep. Yeah, um, Marvel's in the city holding their thing, and mm-hmm. and DC's out in North Carolina. Yeah. So there you go. Planning our future. The money we're going to spend yeah. is being planned right now. <laughs> <laughs> Take my money. Yeah, exactly. Um, but we got a lot of stuff to get to. Of course, we're going to be doing our book of the week, and we are going to be talking about kind of books, uh, creators, series that we want to catch up on, that we want to get into, that maybe it's our, maybe it's a little bit list of shame, a little bit just things we kind of missed along the way. Um, but we'll get to that in a bit. First of all, I want to talk about some news that's been happening because there's a lot of stuff that went on. Um, uh, first, on the DC front, uh, Jeff Johns, who has been writing Green Lantern for about nine years now, mm-hmm. is leaving the book with issue 20 um, in May, I believe, is when that's going to happen. Yeah. Um, no giant reason except for, you know, he's done telling his story and he's time to focus on the uh, Justice League. Uh, universe and kind of do for that what he's been doing um, for Green Lantern all these years. Um, I have not read all of the Johns run, obviously, but I've read chunks of it, and I've read the whole New 52 run. But Rob, you probably read most of it, correct? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I've read the straight nine years. Yeah. (laughs) So uh, how do you feel about this? Uh, I mean, everyone has their time. Mm -hmm. Uh, So obviously with, with the end of the first lantern, I guess that's the next storyline. Yeah. Um, that's going to kind of tie up everything from what he started with. And yeah, I mean, I agree that that someone else should have a turn at the property. And I think it's, uh, especially with the whole reboot and stuff like that, this book hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. And we've said that plenty of times. 
So it's going to be kind of interesting to to get someone else's take. Yeah. So, you know, it's funny to think about, you know, Green Lantern is one of the best-selling books at DC and has been kind of since Johns took it over, but before he took it over, like what was that book like? Do you even remember? Yeah. Uh I mean, that was starting up all of the well, it started with the after the death of Superman, mm-hmm. then he went crazy. Hal Jordan went crazy, the whole parallax killing everything. Then the introduction of Kyle Rayner. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, the beginning of that was great, but then um, it, it got kind of boring uh, throughout throughout his story. There, there wasn't much going on. Right. Uh, not enough of a supporting cast. And, um, and fans were still pissed about mm-hmm. losing Hal. So he had his idea, mm-hmm. laid it out to to DC and and they ran with it and then since then it, it's been a big hit. Yeah, I mean he's not only done a lot for the character, he's created an entire universe that didn't used to exist. I mean oh. most of the lantern cores didn't exist before he took over, right? Nope, not yeah. at all. Yeah. Um I mean Steve, you were kind of new, you've read some of the Green Lantern, you've read the New 52 stuff, you've read Blackest Night. I have. Um you've obviously been liking it. I mean, are you worried about maybe not wanting to pick the book anymore up once John's isn't on it anymore? Um, still look at me like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not necessarily. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've actually, the uh, Rise of the Third Army event has been a little taxing on me. I was completely on board for it. And then I noticed more and more that the tie-in books just were not really adding a whole lot to mm-hmm. the story. And that I didn't necessarily like the other tie-ins i kind of liked red lanterns for a few issues and then it got kind of angsty and and draggy uh new guardians i didn't like at all uh core was the only one the only other one that i thought that i might continue to read but i've even dropped off of that Mm -hmm. uh i do like the main book though and Mm -hmm. i really do like the new green lantern um i like where he came from i think it's a good story yeah so as far as i'm changing i don't think that i've been in it long enough for it to have that much of an impact on me. And, you know, somebody else wants to come along, come along and see if they can mix things up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, all the power to them. And, I, you know, I wish them luck. And sure. I mean, if, if things are really supposed to be rebooted and this is, what, year two mm-hmm. of this whole thing and they're going to be halfway through the year, they're going to hand the reins over, then it seems right. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. um, especially if you want to get new readers in because just like a lot of other things, Green Lantern is just a huge, huge, it's a whole, it spans universes that it's really big and it's not difficult to get into, but there's a lot to, to take in. I think maybe if they compartmentalized it a little bit mm-hmm. and they got some new writers on these books that maybe they could bring it together a little bit more close knit that people would be able to follow it from a new jumping off point. Yeah. So that's what I got to say about that. Yeah, because I mean, Green Lantern is probably the only DC book right now where if you read it and said to yourself, uh, like, oh, why is Sinestro acting like that? Or where did, you know, the blue core come from? Blah, blah. That's the only one where you can go pre-Flashpoint and actually read and that stuff actually holds point right. and yeah. carries over. Yeah. Uh, any other book, barely yeah barely batman sort of but not even everything with batman there really hasn't been any Mm. universe kind of spanning stuff with batman it's it's kind of been straightforward stories Mm -hmm. so even that that's just more 
who is that person, not yeah. why. Yeah. And Bob, I know you haven't really read John's Green Lantern. I mean, you've mm-hmm. read some of the stuff where it's crossed over. You read Blackest Night and stuff like yeah. that. Um, you know, I don't, what do you kind of think of that stuff that you've read? And also, what do you think about a creator on a book for nine years? If someone has the voice of the character, which mm-hmm. he's had 15 years, 20 years, keep right. writing. Mm-hmm. But he may feel he has no more stories to tell. Yeah. And so if he's just going to rehash stuff he's done, you're going to start to feel that sameness as a reader, too. So move on at the top of your game. Be Joe DiMaggio, Jim Brown, walk away while the book is still of high quality. Yeah. Um, all that said, every writer's leaving, correct? The entire Green Lantern yeah. crew that may switch around, but yeah. they're all going. Are they all going to keep going on forward? Rob, what do you think? Uh I wouldn't be surprised if they lose two of those books. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that, I mean, I don't know how well Red Lanterns has been selling, but I think that the other books sell pretty well. Yeah, it definitely goes Green Lantern, then Core, then New Guardians, Mm -hmm. then Red. Yeah. Um, And obviously now when with JLA, uh, you're going to have a, you know, Simon Bass is going to be a big part of that Mm -hmm. book. So you're going to have another Green Lantern and a main character of a book. Now, this is a big run to come off of. I mean, who do you think takes over? That's a very good question. (laughs) Um, I mean, the obvious choice would be that Tomasi would leave Core and take Mm -hmm. over Green Lantern because he's he's been writing that since pre-52. Right, yeah. uh, I could definitely see that happening. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's interesting because I haven't read a lot of Pete Tomasi's work, but it seems to me he's very good from Batman and Robin and from Core, what I've read, of taking characters that people traditionally maybe haven't liked or been cold with and making them very interesting and likable. Did it with Damien in a lot of ways, and he did it with Guy, Guy Gardner. I always hated Guy Gardner. Oh, I love Guy Gardner. And then reading <laughs> the, this Green Lantern Core stuff, I really grew to like him. Um, so, you know, as much as, I mean, I'm sure he can write the mainline Green Lantern book, but it's, it almost feels like to me, from what I've read of Pizza Masi, it's not in his strength, you know, it's not in his wheelhouse to write a character everybody already loves and keep going with it. Well, it's funny, I, I went to the Green Lantern panel at the con, mm-hmm. and the one thing almost across the board from the panel was no love for Hal Jordan. Right. And yet the audience was all for Hal. Mm-hmm. So you wonder where they're going to go moving forward. We're going to see Hal again in a book, yeah. top lining, and then you bring back an older creator. To me, going out of left field, I'd love to see Jim Starlin, mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. is the, the king of cosmic in his time. I've definitely seen that name on a list. Yeah. Really? Okay. There's a, I, The Comic Resources had a, has a cool article here just about people who could take over oh, for right. Jeff Johns. What, what do they have to say um, for themselves? He has uh, – Pete, Pete Tomasi is the first one on the list. And then um, they mentioned Jeff Lemire. Lemire. Uh, mm. um, Green Lantern, Green Arrow yes. again. Yeah. Uh, Joshua Hale Fialkov. That'd be cool. Uh, obviously not writing Eye Vampire anymore, so he has some time. Yeah. Uh, James Robinson is someone that they mentioned, but obviously we haven't been liking his work very much no, in Earth 2. No, not from my standpoint. Yeah. yeah. Uh, John Lehman, who's writing Detective right now, um, and, mm. uh, you know, who also did Chew, and then... Uh, uh, kind of a Dan Abnett and Andy Lanning are the guys who kind of brought back Guardians of the Galaxy and and stuff like that. So th- those are just some you know names that are they're floating out there. It's going to be interesting because it's a really do they go you know big name to try to kind of match up or do they just kind of go the opposite direction and get like an indie 
guy who, you know, they, they've been doing that, you know, bringing kind of indie favorites in to write books. Maybe they grab somebody like that and, and who just has the right idea for it. But uh, I think you'd want to catch lightning in a bottle. Yeah. A young creator with mm-hmm. an idea, the right pitch. You want it, You want Scott Snyder or, yeah. the, the, or the Green Lantern version of yeah. Scott Snyder. A guy Absolutely. who has the book, his heart in his heart. Absolutely. So we'll have to see what happens with that. But um, certainly interesting when someone, you know, he's ending his run in May and I believe... That's the same time around that uh, Morrison is ending his Batman Inc. stuff. And that's another, you know, seven, eight year run on a character. So some big time people leaving uh, their books. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, in other DC news, uh, more, more cancellations. I feel like we talk about cancellations like every single week when, yeah. when we're on yeah. here. Um, DC has cut uh, <laughs> so, some more books. Um, let me give the story right here. Uh, so, the Savage Hawkman, The Fury of Firestorm, Sword of Sorcery, Aww. Team Seven, Deathstroke, and The Ravagers are all gone. Uh, the Ravagers, I believe, was a, a like a Phase Two book, a Wave mm-hmm. Two book, but Sword of Sorcery was a Wave Three book, and as was Team Seven, and they're both already done. What, were they three, four issues each? Right now, that's about what they're yeah. at. They're probably gonna end up around six or or what have you. Enough for a trade. Yeah, but that, but that's it. <laughs> I'm just cynical. I'm sorry. <laughs> Get that 14.99. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the the only sword and sorcery, the Beowulf backup was great. Yeah. Um, I just think that they used the writer in the wrong the wrong place. Mm. Like they there was talks that uh, they might be going to Birds of Prey. Um. Whoever, well, Christy, Christy Marks Christy is yeah, taking yeah, over. It. Yeah, so she is taking over Birds of Prey. That's <clears> our, <throat> this. This is in the story as well. There's a lot of shakeups as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Justin Jordan, who just you know Deathstroke and he was writing Deathstroke and Team Seven, which both got canceled. He's taking over Superboy, um, and uh, the guy who's writing who's writing Ravagers, Michael Allen Nelson, will be taking over Supergirl from writer Mike Johnson. Um, which is kind of disappointing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Justin Gray and Jimmy Palmiotti are taking over Batwing. Uh, mm. And Francis Portella is taking over Legion of Superheroes. Uh, this is in addition to the fact that Suicide Squad is also getting a new team, and it's uh, uh, Les Cott from Wild Children. Seriously? And mm-hmm. Change is taking over Suicide Squad. Ooh. Yeah. That's right. going to be interesting. That's going to be very interesting. I'm down for that. Nice. So, I mean, we're going to have to see. I mean, I don't think any of these cancellations are a surprise. No. No, I well, think the, we the surprise is how long Batwing. <laughs> yeah. If that, that's still staying around. It gets tied into those Batman crossovers and its sales jump up. So I think they just think that as long as they can, it has Bat in the title. So they just keep it around. Just keep that book around. Bat, sword, and sorcery. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there was, I think it was uh, Dan Jurgens when he, when Fury of the Firestorm got uh, canceled. He was tweeting about it and he was saying, Look, we, t- we took over the book knowing this was probably going to happen. He's like, I'm proud of where we're leaving the book from where we started with it. You know, the truth is there's no marketing behind it. No one even knows that the team changes, so you're not going to get the sales. He's like, sometimes you take these jobs. That's just what it does. He's like, unless you called it uh, uh, Fury of Batstorm, he's like, you know, it's not, it's not going to – it wasn't going to continue going. Mm-hmm. So, see, I mean, obviously Hawkman is in JLA. So that character is sticking around, and I'm sure these other characters will, are going to kind of fold back into the universe. Yeah, Fire, Firestorm is also. Oh, he is. Okay. Mm-hmm. And um, obviously Deathstroke will be a villain in, in places. So There's some rumor about Amethyst over in JL Dark. Oh, really? That makes sense. Oh, yeah, she popped up. She popped up. She popped up. That's right. Yeah. That's what keeps her. All those characters are just going to go. 
you know, Frankenstein yeah. and all those characters are going to go when their books get canned. Uh, I want Frankenstein and Green Lantern. That's well, what I want him. Yeah. <laughs> with the whole Team 7 cancellation, that's basically the whole Wildstorm universe that mm-hmm. they've kind of went through other than uh, Wild Cats. They they haven't done a Wild mm-hmm. Cats book, so I, I wouldn't be... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if that's where all of those characters kind of end up. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm sure those characters are also going to proliferate through the universe, but, you know, they're books that never caught on, and they're and I think, honestly, it's the same thing. It's, they're trying to change it by linking them to the JLA book, but the Vibe book uh. and the Katana book are going to fail. They're, they're going to. It doesn't even matter how good they are. They could be amazing books, um, but they're going to fail because nobody knows those characters. You're going to get 20,000, 18,000, you know, it's maybe less every month. Maybe you get a little more at first because it's tied into JLA, but those characters are not going to excite people. You know, yeah, vibe is an idea best left alone. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, put them on a team. That's where those those characters. You know, it's it's Marvel doesn't try to do a Madrox. You know, single because no. he knows they know it's not going to sell. So put all those characters together into a team, and you, all of a sudden you've got something exciting and engaging, and you can tell cool stories. But do they really need their own books? I've never even heard of Vibe. <laughs> <laughs> haven't missed anything. You know? Uh, he's been dead for quite a while. <laughs> That's right. He was in Blackest Night, wasn't he? Somewhere. Oh, yeah. Very yep. dead. Very dead. Um, so that's a cancellation, but they announced, DC also announced something, a new book, which is uh, much like their Legends of the Dark Knight digital first initiative. They're doing a Superman Adventures book. Uh, they released you know, a piece of art, which is going to be the cover to the first uh, print version of it. It's a Chris Samney cover of Superman. Uh, if you haven't seen it, check it out. It's it's really, really cool. It's really classic looking Superman. Um, and they announced the first, uh, you know, the first two chapters, I believe, are written by Orson Scott Card, mm-hmm. which started a hubbub on the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And Bob, why don't you say why that is? Well, uh, he has expressed opinions, mm-hmm. which he is certainly want to do and allowed to do and everyone's allowed but he said some rather hateful things linking homosexuality to child molestation that kids should be homeschooled so that they don't get the idea that gay marriage is uh normal hey that uh dictatorial judges who pass laws or rule that uh same-sex marriage is okay we should overthrow the government what a Mm -hmm. poll yeah yeah, I mean, he's he sits on a couple of different boards in advocating against gay marriage and mm. all that stuff. Is he on the stuff. PTA? No. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, he's, he's not nice. I mean, no. he, uh, you know, he, he's a science fiction author, um, and, you know, he wrote basically the book that, you know, that, remember that game Shadow Complex mm-hmm. was based on. Um, he's also, is he's... Ender's game, Ender right? game. He's yeah. Ender's game, right? Which is Stephanie talks about a couple of weeks ago, and they're making a big movie out of right now. Um, so, I mean, you know, uh, there. This is kind of making people kind of unclear about DC sending mixed messages about their kind of friendliness with the gay and lesbian uh, community mm-hmm. that they've kind of been trying to foster over this last year. We talked about it. They haven't uh, been doing a very good job. No. I was actually just talking about that today. The thing that they did with Green Lantern, the dude died the next issue. Yeah. They yeah. made such a big deal out of it. Yeah. He dies in a train wreck. Yeah. 
What the hell? The thing is, like, they've been. There are some books they do it very well in. It's just they don't make a big deal about it, which is the way that it should be done. It should just be part of the world, mm-hmm. you know. And Marvel has done a much better job mm-hmm. uh, of it. For sure, there were rumors, and uh, I, I will preface it by saying a rumor that one of the things that got Gail Simone in trouble with hires up was wanting to introduce a transgender character mm-hmm. into Batgirl, and it became a sticking point for them. Yeah. So again, it is definitely a mixed message because you're looking at Batwoman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Which is funny because that character that character has been that way since she started, and yeah. nobody maybe makes a big deal about it at all. Um, but just as you say, it's just there. It's, it's just, just there. Part of her character, part of the story. Yeah. And I mean, that's kind of like the 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 negativity that's coming out of this announcement. And it's, it's I think it's a weird decision by DC, especially because there's everything else. There's so much goodwill towards this because Superman has been in such the doghouse since the start of the New Fifty Two that you know, this is really cool. I mean, this first arc is Orson Scott Card, but the second arc is Jeff Parker and with mm-hmm. art by Chris Samney. I mean, that I would, that, that was, that that was the actual book. I would buy that. Yeah. You know, and they announced a bunch of other creators who were going to be on, uh, Dan Abnett, Ed Bennis, uh, uh, Nathan Edmondson, Joshua Hale Fialkov, uh, Christos Gage, Justin Jordan, Matt Kint, JT Kroll, Andy Lanning, Jeff Lemire, Riley Rossimo, Bruce Tim. Marv Wolfman, all these people are going to be... That's an all-star team. Yeah. And if it's as good as Legend of the Dark Knight has been, that's going to be great for Superman. You know, to every week have a really cool little Superman story is going to be a lot of fun to see. Um, now, what do you think DC is going to do with all this pressure? Because, I mean, there's there's stuff out there, people wanting to boycott and yeah. and petitions with, you know, six, 7,000 signatures so far uh do you think they fold i i i think they'd fold i i think that they've shown that they, they will fold in situations like this and honestly it doesn't make sense not to of all you know if seven thousand people are signing a petition they're not going to buy it that's probably a third of the people who would buy the book you know Easily so yeah so you need to back off like this is not worth it you mm-hmm. know unless it's like the best superman story ever written and then it's okay but it doesn't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. It, like, it, he is entitled to this opinion, but it's, yeah. it, it comes off as hate speech. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nothing else. And yeah. oh, there just isn't a place for that. If you would replace the word homosexual with like woman yeah. or black or yeah. something like that, then mm-hmm. that's a great point. Yeah. Then the decision would have been made a long time ago. Yeah. I absolutely but, agree. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to take work out of someone's, well, no. you know, someone's no. pocket. So. It's it's not like I'm going to sit there and say, "Hey, take him off." I mm-hmm. just won't buy it. Yeah, but, but he'll have plenty of other work. He'll go write mm-hmm. a novel somewhere and yeah. go off in a corner. Mm-hmm. Every, everyone's entitled to their opinion, yeah. so I'm not coming off like you know. But are you excited about the idea in general of the oh, series? By all means, yeah. I am a sucker for anthology style mm-hmm. stories, so I I'm definitely psyched for it. You, Steve. Sure. <laughs> hmm. I mean, DC, um, DC's trying to obviously do more with Superman this year than they've been doing. Well, they got to do something. Yeah. Because, you know, having... <coughs> excuse me. Having Scott... I can't even talk. Um, having Scott Snyder on a Superman book is genius, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm really looking forward to that, but that, that can't be it. You know, there's got to be... There's got to be more for the character. Mm-hmm. He's their flagship character aside from Batman. Yeah. Um, but I've, I've been really liking with the exception of, uh, the last two stories in issue number four of legends of the dark Knight. Those were the only things out of the, out of the whole batch that I didn't like even this past one that Batman was hardly in it Mm -hmm. and it was really good. It was really, really good. 
uh, they've been doing a great job with it. So if they're going to apply that to Superman and try to pull off the same thing, especially with some great writers and some great artists, then sure. Yeah. Yeah, I'll check it out when it comes to print. I don't know if I'll check it out digitally, but once they, you know, put it on the shelf, I'll definitely give it a whirl. Yeah, absolutely. Bob, you're excited about it? Yeah, absolutely. How long does it take to get to a real book? Not very long, right? No. No. I mean, they put one out every week. I think it's one that comes out every month. So you'll probably, probably maybe a month delay before. Yeah. Um, Well, because when the Batman one happened, it was probably a month and a half after. Yeah, yeah. Because that was the whole uh, Damon Lindelof story. Yeah, Jeff Lemire story that Uh that started it off. Yeah, so so that that was probably a month and a half after before that was published, and now it's it's it comes out once a month. Yeah, and it's big. It's like forty something pages Mm -hmm. um, full. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's pretty cool. I'm excited about that because. Well, we're gonna get to Superman when I when we get to the, the second half of the yeah. show because I have you know that's one of the things that I want to get to know a little better. Um, and finally, this is much this is Bob centric. Uh, uh, well, one thing after this, but this is Bob. Uh, Doctor Wortham, who you wrote a big article about on the site. Why don't you tell people who he is first, and then what this new news that came out about uh, Doctor Frederick Wortham. Uh, uh, he's the enemy of all you hold dear if you, you're reading comic <laughs> books. Let's just leave it at that. He was a psychiatrist from Bellevue Hospital who, uh, in, in the early 50s, he was volunteering with troubled children. And it came to him, with some wonderful flash of inspiration, that all these delinquent children who beat up their, their schoolmates and set fires in, in garbage cans or whatever all did it because they read what he described as crime comics, which meant Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Donald Duck. If there was, if someone ran and jumped, it was a crime comic to him. <laughs> um, he piggybacked on some already high feelings about the way some comics were going after World War II. You have to remember during the war, uh, GIs were given comic books in their care package with their cigarettes and chocolate bars, and those GIs, when they came back, wanted to read more adult comics. So EC horror comics, uh, companies like Fox sort of uh, made more adult superheroines, things like Phantom Lady. You had crime books like Crime Does Not Pay. And they were for grownups. They weren't for kids. But to doctors like that and to PTA groups, they're selling these horrible horror stories and zombies to kids. He wrote a book called Seduction of the Innocent, uh, putting all this out there that, uh, you know, Wonder Woman threatened masculine masculine feelings among men and uh, denatured them, so to speak. I don't know how else to put that nicely. Uh, Batman and Robin were obviously living together in some sort of homosexual sin. Uh, Superman was a Nazi, on and on and on. Um, By the way, how little things have changed since then. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what happened then, though, the companies to avoid having the government step in mm and regulate their products are the Comics Code Authority, Mm -hmm. which the first thing they did basically was put EC out of business because you then couldn't say horror, terror, or weird in a title. You couldn't say crime on a book if the letters were bigger than anything else. Uh, Criminals had to be punished. Crime couldn't be seen as attractive. You couldn't draw women in suggestive poses or outfits. Crime had to lose and no horror whatsoever. In some ways, uh, it did make creators work a little harder, but it did make for a, for a very long, bland time until really the Marvel Age of Comics and when they started to have more human interaction mm-hmm. with each other and some of that sort of stuff. People who read Seduction of the Innocent, I actually own two copies, I'm sad to say, um, 
always knew his research was spotty. It was not really a medical book. It is more of a case history and it's anecdotal and opinion. And we all sort of thought he was up a tree because if 95% of American kids read comics in the 50s, it made them into nuclear physicists and doctors and Albert Schweitzer and psychiatrists as well as criminals. So it was just, just stupid logic. It now turns out they've gotten to look at his papers. He made the stuff up. <laughs> he mushed kids together, their, their case histories into composites. If they said it was crime movies that made them do the, the things they were now in juvie hall for, he said it was comic books. Mm. So the whole thing is, you know, we all suspected that. It is nice to have it confirmed though. Mm. Uh, what would Dr. Wortham think of today's comics, as you point out before? Yeah. Not very much, I'm, yeah. I'm going to say. Yeah, not much at all. Um, that's, that's, that's interesting. I mean, that's, you know, we're, we're dealing with that right now a lot with the video games are dealing with that right now, where, you know, uh, the federal, you know, they want to put federal sanctions mm-hmm. and, uh, like, ratings on, on the books, even though they've been policing themselves for a lot, a lot of years. Yeah. Um, so it's it's interesting how things are just very cyclical in that way. Uh, one last thing before we get there, I just want to talk about some sales numbers. We got the sales numbers for January. Um, Superior Spider-Man number one uh, came in at uh, number one at 188,000 uh, copies. Uh, Batman was number two at 145. Justice League number 16, 117. Followed closely by New Avengers number one at 116,000. And then Superior Spider-Man number two at 112,000. Mm. So 300,000 copies in a, in a month for Superior Spider-Man. That's not even that big of a drop-off, too, from issue one to no. issue two. So that's pretty good. Um, Savage Wolverine came in at number six at 102,000. Uncanny Avengers number three, 93,000. Detective Comics 16, 92,000. Avengers number three, 92,000. And Uncanny X-Force number one hit the top 10 at 86,000. Um, and then you have Avengers and Batman and Robin and all new X-Men. Um, there's a couple number ones, you know, some of the Marvel now number ones that popped in in January. Um, Young Avengers ended up at number 18 at 71,000. Um, uh, st- actually, Star Wars number one did very well. It's at number like 53. Yeah, that, wow. that's huge for Dark Horse. Yeah, 39,000 uh, copies of that one. Um, and then... Uh, you know that's really it for like the uh, I mean threshold did not did not come in very well at number one twenty nine thousand uh, number seventy two for them so um, you know it's interesting uh, pretty big month uh, it was it was up from la- uh, from a year ago th- this same month and it was up over December as well which is apparently not a usual thing for the comic book no. industry so I mean uh, what do you think about those Spider Man sales numbers Rob? Uh- no, it's awesome. I had a feeling that was going to happen because, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, with with all the hate and stuff that the internet was was kind of bringing to it, um, that that sells stuff. Yeah, <laughs> it does. Yeah. It absolutely does. So, you know, just just with all the news stories and and the, the forums, everyone was a buzz about it. And I mean, I still have people asking for that book, mm-hmm. and it's going on a third printing. So. It's selling well. How many civilians would you estimate your percentage of? You know, people who walked in off the street without you ever saw them before. Uh, I'd say a good twenty percent of what what that, sold that's was, was people I've never seen before coming in asking, and like ten percent of those 
return for number two. So awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, Morbius actually did pretty well. It ended up around forty three thousand for its first issue, which is I didn't I, I expected less than that. So that's mm-hmm. yeah, that, that's a good uh, a good uh, turnout for that book. It was good. It was good. It was and it was very different than I expected it to be. Mm-hmm. You know, it was had a much lighter tone to it. I expected it to be very dark, and it, and it wasn't. It was actually a lot of fun. Um, so that's sales numbers. So let's talk about uh, our books of the week, though. Books that came out last week. Um, Bob, why don't you start out? What's your uh, your book of the week? Okay, quickly, quickly going through some of this. New New Avengers yeah. was just yeah. amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm saying to you, I get chills when I read it. Yeah. Literally get chills. I feel like I'm peeking into a room that people are talking in, mm-hmm. and they're, they've got this conspiracy, and everything I thought was one way is some other way. <laughs> uh, he is, Mr. Hickman has Cap nailed. Mm-hmm. To me, Captain America really sounds like Captain America here. And he's a very good replacement in this Illuminati. Mm-hmm. This is sort of their heart. He's, no, we do what's right. I'm not going to let you do what's wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are some things in this issue you'll have to yeah. read and figure out. And this will go on for a long time. Black Panther, it's just so great to see him. Mm-hmm. Oh, so great in that book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Those Steve, final pages are ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And Steve I, Epting's art. Yeah. yeah. Which certainly doesn't hurt at no, all. No, not, not at all. all. It's... It's an amazing book. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm so excited to read it. Every, you know, each time it's come out, especially issue two, really, it, it started the the real excitement for me about it. And then this issue just kept it going. It kept that I could, I didn't think it was be able to keep the same level of intensity that level mm-hmm. that issue two did, and it did. It was just, you know, it was, and it's mostly all talking. I mean, of course, there's a couple action moments in it, and one really big thing, but most of it is just them going at each other. You know, and yeah. it's it's more exciting than most action in, in books yeah. um i just finished reading it before i got here and uh that actually prompted one of my uh things on my list for later so cool uh-huh. I'll, I'll get to that in a little bit <laughs> it's uh reed and the black swan their little prison i like her a lot yeah. i mm-hmm. like her as so a do villain. i very cool yeah and we even she's not really we don't even know she's really not even a villain you know it's like no. she's, no, got, she's, she's in that she's great just, gray area she's a she's definitely a source of negative energy oh yeah absolutely yeah. It almost reminds me of like uh, like Loki's scepter and Avengers, how mm-hmm. it was putting off those vibes and, and kind of messing with everybody and made, making them hostile. Yeah. That mm. she's sitting in that prison in that room, kind of just mm. radiating. And yeah. she's, she's getting impatient. Yeah. Which is, with the, there's a couple of panels where all of a sudden she's, uh, she's starting to lose it a little bit. So it should be good. She's like when uh, she's like Ben Linus when he's the first, when they first catch him in, in Lost. <laughs> yeah. He's in that room, you know, yep. and he's like picking away at them slowly and kind of making them turn on each other. That's what mm-hmm. I feel like she's gonna like. What was she eating? French fries? Was it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was great. Yeah. She likes them though. What do you yeah. call these? Yeah. They're wonderful. Uh, otherwise, it's Fearless Defenders number one. All right, um, nice. Cullen yeah. Bunn, who I don't know his work. And, Help me out here. Some what was he Deadpool? Deadpool stuff, right? Colin okay. Bund, a lot of Deadpool. Uh, and Will Sliney. We have Misty Knight from Iron Fist and Power Man, and she was just villains for hire and heroes for hire fairly recently. Real sort of, you know, was I guess a black exploitation character in its time. A former policewoman who gets her arm blown off in a bank robbery and now replaced by a Tony Stark bionic arm. <laughs> uh, and the new incarnation of the Valkyrie who this time is the real Valkyrie. It's the, the body and spirit of that melded together where before it was either the Enchantress playing around with putting into the body of mind women, uh, you know, mad women mm-hmm. back in Defenders. 
Uh, it's a buddy book. It's a fish out of water book. It's the defenders. A lot of people want to say this is Marvel's birds of prey. This is a great editorial at, at the back end of this where, where Cullen's describing, you know, he was a big fan of the defenders, which was described as Marvel's non team mm-hmm. mm-hmm. was Dr. Strange, a Submariner, the Hulk, occasionally the silver surfer, eventually Valkyrie, the gargoyle, Luke mm-hmm. Cage, you name it. They all pass through this book as needed a power set would be necessary and Dr. Mm. Strange would put the call out and, you know, the Hulk would usually not be happy. Dumb fish man and magic guy and <laughs> yeah. complaining before he smashed someone. Um, what we have here is we have a heist. We have some Indiana Jones stuff going on. We have humor, tons of action, uh, Vikings back from the grave, only they're not good Vikings necessarily, a singing relic. Yeah. Yeah. And Dr. Annabelle Riggs, who's there, uh, I think you described her as Bosley. Yes. Steve. Yes. <laughs> Which I think is quite apt. It's just, it's a great jumping on point. It, it helps to know who these characters are. It isn't completely necessary. Mm-hmm. They identify themselves and what they do and who they are instantly. Mm-hmm. Can't recommend this book more highly. I I don't know Misty Knight at all. And I, I know Valkyrie from time reading Journey to Mystery mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that. Uh so much personality in the book and she Valkyrie has so much personality that I don't understand how you could not enjoy reading her in this book. She's Mm -hmm. really funny. The action is really cool and different, you know, then it it feels more like an Asgard book than it does, you know, a a normal Marvel universe book. And I like that about it, you know, and I like that you have outsiders though, like Misty Knight, who isn't part of that world experiencing this stuff. So it, it, it gives you a good, kind of uh you know uh contrast with what's mm-hmm. going on i you know i was excited about the book i did not expect to like it as much as i did w- when i ended up reading it steve you reviewed it for us what did you think i liked it a lot uh i like the vibe of it i like the uh kind of 70s overtone mm-hmm. that it had to it a uh, little bit of the evil dead yeah. With the yeah. you know the mm-hmm. you replace the tape recorder with a singing relic yeah. and it raises the dead and mm-hmm. um just fun, like you you see the cover and you see the 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 two hordes coming at them, and but you really you don't know what to expect from a book like this. Everybody mm-hmm. was was calling it, you know, their answer to the birds of prey. Mm-hmm. So that's what I assumed it was going to be. And I already love uh, Valkyrie like big time. Mm-hmm. She whenever she pops up, she makes me laugh. She's funny. Um, you got to see a little bit of a different side of her in this, a little bit more. Um, I wouldn't say serious, but just like a, like a down to business type Mm -hmm. but i can tell that especially with annabelle being a part of the picture and them's saying that they're gonna keep expanding the cast that it's gonna be a big fun book and just like a lot of the other marvel books that have been like a laugh riot that have come out it looks like this one's gonna be maybe not a laugh riot but it's definitely gonna try to shoot for some laughs and some unique action yeah uh coupled with that and yeah i mean as far as a new uh, number one goes it hit all the marks, mm-hmm. introduced all of its characters well. It was funny. It was entertaining. It moved quickly. And it left you, you know, wanting more stuff. Like, it gave you just enough to whet your appetite. And it was like, well, you got to come back. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. no, I dug it. It was cool. And he's also said, Colin Bunn, that if you have a favorite lady of Marvel, odds are if he gets half a chance to do it, she'll show up in this book somewhere. Well, that was one of the things Very that cool. I liked was uh, when I read the back of the book was it seems like a, not just another book in the Marvel Now series, but almost like a passion project book. Mm-hmm. So um, whenever a creator is like that into 
doing something with a property that they've been given, I'm interested in it because yeah. it's their vision of it. Yeah. I mean, definitely, because it definitely is not a series that was around before. You know, I mean, Defenders obviously yeah. was, but this is not a cast that's made up this team before, and it definitely feels like something that he probably had to go and, and pitch to them and, and, and really want to make, and that that's always when, when you get the best, you know, mm-hmm. work. Well, it's very much, uh, I know Robert would remember the old Heroes for Hire, you know, Power Man and Iron Fist. It definitely, as Misty was part of that cast, it has that, grounded in reality person and the mystical aspect of something else which is always just a lot of fun because someone's going to be in over their head either one of them in whatever world they're now in Mm -hmm. makes for just great fun places to take your story however you want to take it there it is it's always Mm -hmm. going to be there for you yeah another fun book from marvel yeah rob what did you think of it uh 100 agree with what you guys said but it also makes me more excited for you to read the Immortal Iron Fist now. Yeah. To to get more Misty because mm-hmm. she's all up in that. Yeah. I got those sitting there in in the, in the bag, so I gotta uh, break those out. I can't wait for you to read that. <laughs> I have uh, to borrow that from you. you as do, a matter of fact, you yeah. do. Yeah. Uh, so Rob, what's your book of the week, sir? Uh, I have a couple of things. Bring it on. To to talk about. Well, first off, uh, Ultimate Spider Man. Um. Number 20? Uh, yeah, it's number 20. It, it took a little lull during the whole uh, Cap becoming president and the whole mandatory crossover event that, that the Ultimate Universe had. Um, but, hell, it's it's back and better than it's been. Uh, a new Venom storyline. Um, people he loves, they're in danger. And he... He's still fresh. He's still new. He doesn't know what to do. Uh, he just got his web shooters. He's at a web fluid. Um, in the last issue, his friend, uh, what is it, Ganky? Yeah. Is is sitting there trying to make the formula off of the folded piece of paper that, that was put in with the web shooters. And for as, as serious as the issue was, it, it still hit its little comedy marks. And... Uh, I mean, Pacelli is just blowing it out of the water with her art. Um, Excuse me. Yeah, so th- this is a book that that I'm 100% looking forward to every every time it comes out. Her art for Venom is <clears throat> spectacular. I, yeah. he, he reminds me of the... Uh, God. The Spirited of... Uh, Do you ever see Spirited Away, Hayao Miyazaki? You've seen it, right? Yeah. Remember the big spear that goes to the bathhouse? She pulls the tricycle yeah, out of the, the weird stomach. freaky head right. kind of thing that morphs. But that whole... Uh, no, um, I'm sorry. No face. That's who I'm thinking of. The one with the mask on. The big blobby black thing. Well, yeah. It's yeah. a big head that kind of yeah, shifts remind, and morphs. Yeah, it totally, totally reminds me of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I've been... I, I've That was actually at the top of my pile. Uh, that was the first book I read this past week. It was excellent. Mm-hmm. Uh, really, really digging the, the Venom story in that. Has there um, been much spillover from the Peter Parker crossover, the Spider-Man miniseries into Ultimate? Uh, not, re- not really. No. No, I mean, th- th- there's a whole Gwen Stacy thing coming up, so I'm sure okay. that, that that'll kind of touch on mm-hmm. it, but not yet. We okay. got that teaser image, uh, I think it was yesterday or today, which is Ultimate Spider-Man No More. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, oh. it's like a copy of that cover um, with Amazing him walking Spider-Man away from his, yeah. Yeah, from mm-hmm. his costume in the trash can. So um, I, I think you're still going to see some stuff in that because, you know, there's at the end of Spider-Man, Peter does the thing where he looks up Miles on the computer and he sa- he's like, oh, my God, or you, know, you never yeah. see 
what it is. So mm-hmm. I think you're still going to get some of that stuff eventually. Definitely. I mean, did you read it or have no, you No, I haven't reading it? reading it. No, I haven't. Uh, but the other book that I totally was in love with was the Paul Jenkins and... Um, what, Jock? No, 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 oh, no, 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 sorry. no. What Snapshot? was... No. Was it Fairy Quest? Oh, 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 I didn't get to read oh, that. Oh, the Humberto Ramos book? Yes. What was it? It was Fairy Quest. Yeah, yeah. Fairy, Fairy Quest. Quest. Okay, yeah. I don't know why I didn't write that down. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Fairy Quest was beautiful and such a great read. And I mean, it, it's it's people from all sides of, of the fairy tale universe. You know, Little Red Riding Hood, Big Bad Wolf, uh, kind of a surprise pop-up at the end. Um, and it just has a, a great all age feel and I mean this is something that that I would give to my nephews to read in a heartbeat so if if you haven't read that uh, other than me forgetting the name just just seriously go run out there's tons of preview art online Uh, go check out some reviews and and pick the book up because it was great very yeah, cool. I regretted not getting to that this week. Yeah, I didn't it get to it just, either. There was actually. a whole bunch of other stuff on the pile, and it, it got shoved into the bottom, and then I, f- I found it today. I was like, no! Mm-hmm. Is yeah. anyone going to talk about Snapshot? Um, well, I was going to okay. bring it up, but yeah, I wanted to ask fine. you what you thought about Superior Spider-Man number three. Uh, I definitely thought it, it's been the best of the group so yeah, far. me too, absolutely. Um, it's, it's had time to kind of flesh out where he's going with the character. Mm-hmm. Um, it's given other supporting characters more spotlight than they've ever had uh like carly it, mm-hmm. it's made me really like carly yeah and and i feel for safety that that kind of way mm-hmm. um but yeah I, th- I think he's he's doing good and i mean people from what i've been reading people are still angry but yeah, I don't know. I like it a lot. Well, well, now they're angry about Peter being in the book. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's ridiculous. It's like you can't win. Yeah, angry that he's gone. Angry now that he's there too soon. It's just where are you gonna go? How, how you can't please I've anybody? I've been loving it. I I've been absolutely loving it. I'm really glad. You know, I'd be bellyache about the double shipping and stuff. I'm glad the three issues came out so close to each other because I was not crazy about the first one. And so the second one coming out quickly, I was like, okay, I'll just buy it because I want to give it a chance. And I liked the second one a little more. And after reading the third one, I'm I'm in now. And nice. I didn't have time to sit there and be like, oh, do I want to buy it? Uh, weeks weeks of that bad feeling comes out quickly enough where I'm like, I'll just get it. Uh, you know, this is I'll see what happens. Now that I've seen what happens, I I, I want to keep reading it. Um, love the art. Uh, I thought the Batman uh, like was great pokes were kind of funny. Uh, they made a, a spider signal <laughs> and he comes like, what kind of idiot would have a symbol that, you know, everybody could find him wherever he was. It was pretty nice. funny. And somebody asked Dan Slott about, you know, did anybody say anything about the Batman digs? And he goes, I think Batman can take it. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's been really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, Steve, what's your book of the week? My book of the week. Well, first, I got to read uh, something that our friend Matt Hug had given to, uh, had sold me at Comic Con called "The Killer" f- from Arkea. Mm-hmm. So, getting some Arkea love on the uh, podcast tonight. It was really good. It was really, really good. It's very straightforward. It's about a uh, a killer. Somebody you hire a professional. Th- you know, two, three hundred thousand. They'll knock someone off. No questions. No nothing. Uh, it starts off very uh, like as you would expect 
just getting to know the guy. The guy's very cold to the society. You know, he doesn't care about the his victims and whatnot. But the the further along you read into it, it starts to develop its own personality and its mm-hmm. own uh, the art. First of all, the art is is gorgeous. Um, the two names on the front are uh, Jackman and Mats. If I can get you their full names, I will. Uh, actually, no, written by Mats and Luke Jackman. Anyway, uh, just really cool, kind of like a, a professional deal goes wrong. It's it's it sounds very cliche and very. It is very much the same setup that you hear whenever one of these books comes out, where you know a bad deal happens and now he's on his own looking for answers. It totally is that, but like I said, uh, you keep reading, eventually the narrative of it and just the the pacing of it and the flashbacks to different jobs and stuff really starts to pull you into this character and into this situation that he's in that he does feel like a generic professional and you otherwise wouldn't give a shit about him if he was in a movie or whatever. But the way that the information about him and about what he does is dispersed, it completely pulls you in. Like, I was the first couple pages, I was like, okay, this is, you know, I've heard this before. And then by a little bit into the middle of it, I was flipping pages like mad. Like, I was just going real, I read the whole thing uh, sitting, waiting for somebody to to arrive at my house Mm -hmm. in like maybe 15, 20 minutes. I blazed through this whole thing. Uh, It was awesome. So uh, it's called The Killer from Arkea. You got something to say? Well, yeah. Uh, volume four comes out like in another month and a half. So you, you got another two to read to, to <laughs> nice. catch up before the next release. Well, I enjoyed it. Um, I definitely want to check out the other ones. Cool. That's good to know. But my real book of the week is Dia de, Mlo- de los Muertos Numero Uno. <laughs> uh, this is a big Golden Age size book on uh, funny smelling real paper. <laughs> put out by Shadowline, who is, you know, part of Image. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for four ninety nine, dollars damn, did I get a good comic book. It is three stories, all three of them illustrated by uh, Riley Rosmo. And it is, it all, they all take place on Dia de los Muertos, which is the Day of the Dead. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like a, I don't want to, I always use Tales from the Crypt as a, it's just, it's, you know, broken up into three parts. Yeah, doesn't have to be Tales of the Crypt, but mm-hmm. it's all stories having to do with the dead. One of them is about uh, having a connection to people that you've lost, that no matter where they are, no matter how how they've been taken from you, that you're all al- you're always going to be a part of them. And if you believe that enough, that there's a possibility that when you dream. That on when uh, Dia de los Muertos comes, that you can actually reconnect with these people that you've lost in your dreams. So this girl goes through like this whole crazy mind journey thing at night. The artwork is absolutely gorgeous. Um, another, the second story is about a haunting. I don't want to give too many details. And then um, the third one, which was actually my favorite, was a love story about a guy in a band. Uh, just playing on the streets during, you know, the parties and the mm-hmm. festivities. And there's a girl in the crowd that he recognizes as somebody that he used to love and he lost her. And the whole time, you don't know if it's her or not, but they spend the night together. And just the the dialogue between them, um, they had like this, the Spanish and then the English below. So it's word bubbles everywhere. But just the 
the exchange. It was very um, the f- the first and second story is very much read almost like an epic poem, more so than a comic book. Uh, particularly the first one, and then the the third story felt like some kind of uh, like a Shakespearean love poem kind of thing. Uh, just very very engaging. Uh, again, Riley Rossmo, the the drawings, the art, the colorization of this, it is a feast for the eyes. Just everywhere you look, there's people in makeup, there's skeletons, there's people on stilts, there's fire, there's confetti. It's just, it's a party. Mm-hmm. Um, there's going to be three of these. And I actually had to buy a Golden Age size bag and, and board just to, mm-hmm. you know, be able to keep it in nice condition. Um, I don't think they printed off a lot of them, but <coughs> if you can get your hands on it, excuse me, I am coughing up a storm. You should get it. It's so hard for me to talk at length. <laughs> like I could feel it starting to go. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I Riley Rossmo, he did work on um, Rebel Blood. He did work for Green Wake. Mm-hmm. And he just, he's becoming a uh, closely one of my favorite artists uh, currently working. He's got a very uh, pleasing and particular style that he has, very sketchy. Lots of cool expressions and line work. And um, honestly, it's Valentine's Day. It's going to sound weird, but if you're if you're a romantic, this is, you know, part of part of me, I am to to an extent. This is a romantics comic, I would say, Uh, particularly the last story. It'll just it'll make you very wistful. And Mm -hmm. if you if you do have somebody special in your life, you'd, you'd be very surprised how the theme surrounding this holiday that deals with the dead, that it could also be about, like I said, about connections and about love and about just remaining true to family and friends and never losing sight of those connections and then having them heightened for three days during the year that the this culture is able to connect with them and communicate with them all over again. Um, like I said, there's two more of these, so I guess there'll be nine stories total. I have a feeling that this is going to be something that people are going to want to own and will eventually be some kind of a collector's item. It's going to be a, a pretty gorgeous run. Yeah, nice. It sucks It's because it's one of those image number ones that everyone went out and bought, all the speculators and stuff like that. So at a distributor, a distributor level, it's already sold out. Uh, at a store level, it's pretty damn hard to find Mm -hmm. and it's one of those ebay books that's already selling for like 15 dollars and i mean it only came out last week so right uh look there'll be a trade in april so there's gonna be a trade there'll be a second print yeah um so if it's something you're interested in definitely call your shop let them know that you're gonna want a first issue and to bump up their orders for issue two because Uh, the same thing's going to wind up happening with that issue. Well, I mean, I had to, I had to track this down. I had to go to the enemy for this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I dropped the the ball on that one, but whatever, it happens. <laughs> womp womp. Yeah. All okay. right. So moving on. Hear um, the Pac Man dying sound in my head. <laughs> We're going to run through some quick ones, just really quick. Uh, all new X-Men, I just want to say. Yes. Uh, I think it just keeps getting better and better. Really, really mm-hmm. like that issue. Uh, loved it. The interaction... Uh, between uh, Cyclops and Wolverine, both versions of Wolverine that happen to be existing in this comic book in, in one way or another, I'll just leave it at that, um, are both really, really interesting and fun and a lot of uh, 
fire in those conversations mm-hmm. and you know the kind of hint of what's to come and you know um not really quite knowing or actually now developing who the villain actually is in this story which we really haven't you know you have you have cyclops and his their team but they're not really the villains they're just opposed to our 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 heroes i guess here but this you actually you know, we have a real villain who's trying to hurt them so uh, it's going to be really interesting to see where that goes. Uh, really, really great stuff. Um, snapshot, uh, image book from Andy Diggle and awesome. Jock. I, I, it's, it's an interesting thing because it's one of these books where it has so many things that I like about it, but then a few things that really, really rub me the wrong way narratively and dialogue-wise. Like what? Uh, th- there's a lot of heavy-handed um, characterizations at first, like the... The guy who comes into the store, the initial guy that's in the store with him, is just it. It, it feels like something that would be, no offense, to people like the Big Bang Theory. A way somebody would write a nerd on the Big Bang Theory, you know. <laughs> and I don't like that. It's 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 too much. The, you know, there's a lot of the first half of the book is filled with. I'm not sure people are gonna get this, so I've got to explain it in dialogue. You know, oh, this is the dead guy on this phone. Who is the dead guy here? Like, <laughs> let 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 the art let the art show me that once you get past the first half of the book, I think the book really takes off and I'm excited for what's going to come next. I feel like they've gotten that stuff out of the way, but I definitely had at the beginning of the book, uh, times where I was not loving what I was reading. Interesting. Uh, but that's, that's just a tick of mine when it comes to narrative stuff. Love the art. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jock is awesome. Um, and I, I, the decision to have it black and white, I think is a really cool thing because it's, the the lines are so thick and it's like almost like splash you know splashing of uh, of black and white it's it's interesting I mean the the story people probably know the story it's a guy finds a camera phone that has pictures of a dead body on it a hitman shows up at at, the, at his store he works in a comic book store and you know the mystery kind of unravels from there it has sort of this kind of um, Fincher feeling like the game. Like you don't know what's real, you don't know what's what's fake, you don't know what's who's in on it, who's in on it, who's not. Uh, I think it's four issues, mm-hmm. um, so it's going to be cool to see it, see it, it, it to play out. Um, but definitely a book I think that people should be looking out for. What did you think? Rob? It's funny because I read that and I forgot who I texted. Did I text you after I read it? And no. the, the first thing I said was. I am never picking up a phone off of the ground. <laughs> yeah. Because, oh, yeah, that was me. Because yeah. God, I mean, it feels like something that, oh, yeah. like a perfect, well thought out mm-hmm. crime. Yeah. And it's scary. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I loved it. Yeah, I, I dig the overall narrative. Steve, you liked it as well? I did, but it's funny. Listening to you talk about the beginning, I definitely, I now that I'm thinking about it, I noticed it. Mm-hmm. Didn't bother me, but now that you've, brought it to my attention um just don't read those first like eight no 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 but i did i did love the the i don't remember what the line was it was actually pretty it was a pretty roundabout way of getting to it but i liked the the sense of friendship that i got from the two of them that then when they're like boom and they just like they bump fists (laughs) yeah um i thought the just my little thing i thought the the girlfriend making the placards Mm -hmm. thing was laid on a little thick yeah I thought it was a little cliche. It was, yeah. It's like, you know, you couldn't have thought for anything. I don't know. It was just, oh, she doesn't like this stuff at all. Mm-hmm. I have to hide it from her. Yeah. And it that just didn't strike me as as being uh too good of a way to go. Mm-hmm. But as far as pulling me in, uh it's only four issues. I'll definitely end up collecting 
the whole thing and, and mm. riding it out. I really liked the artwork and it, it's intriguing. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And and, and, the, and like you said, the situation that it could happen. Like I found uh, sometime early last year, I found an MP3 player at uh, La Poison Rouge in the in the city. Mm-hmm. And it's music, but who knows? Like I put it in my car to see what kind of, I was like, uh, you know, I first I brought it to the bar mm-hmm. and I said, do you want to hold on to this? Maybe they'll come back. They're like, nobody ever comes back. You keep it. So I was like, oh, cool. Free <laughs> MP3 player. But it was filled with like shit trance and house and <laughs> just all stuff that I would never listen to. <laughs> Yo, it was awful. It was so awful. It was like I like ambient music, like mm-hmm. instrumental, but it was like bad ambient yeah, music. Yeah, yeah. Um, it could have been but, a Japanese horror movie breaking yeah. out. But I'm saying, <laughs> yeah, like, what if the, the music was there to program you? Yeah, but, exactly. no, but yeah. But what if, like, I plugged Dude. it into my car and on the way home, like, all of a sudden, like, track seven is like somebody giving instructions to yeah. go and pick up a body or a yeah. package, and I'm just like, what the fuck have I gotten myself into? It's a good into idea now? for a story, see? right? And mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> And that's, that's issue too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it, I was immediately reminded of that. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I Take a okay. drink of water. Steve has been sick. Yes. Mm-hmm. I have been very, very mm-hmm. ill. So yeah. you're uh, lucky I'm here at all. <laughs> uh, speaking of things that, were just, that weren't so great that I kind of disappointed in, uh, Rot World concluded uh, um. this week and... I actually I liked Animal Man seventeen. I liked the setup, the second part. Swamp Thing has a lot of problems. Uh, people are are gonna glue on first to the art, which the art is. I don't think the art is bad, but the art is completely wrong for the the story that's being told. It is nowhere stylistically even close to what Swamp Thing has been doing. Even when Yannick Paquette hasn't been on the book, it had an overall arching style. You know, this kind of more, a little bit more realistic, you know, look to it. And, and this is a much more cartoony uh, style, and it just does not fit with what's been going on in Swamp Thing. Now, there are other problems with Swamp Thing. Um, there's some narrative issues with it. I, I think the ending, it, the I think the problem a lot of it is the, is the branding on the book. I think next month is actually, this is, it's like the epilogue to to yeah. this so you don't really get the, all the ramifications and stuff so it, it leaves it ends with kind of you know uh to be continued to be continued and you're like uh, this is not what i was expecting there are cool ideas that happen in the book the, the you know there's a very interesting idea about what the rot actually is and how it isn't exactly what we thought it was and i don't want to give it away people are you know reading this in trade or kind of behind on it but it's leaving something open for a very cool thing in future, whoever it's taking over Swamp Thing, even an Animal Man. It's got some cool stuff to it. Um, there's stuff in Animal Man that is freaking awesome. Oh, God, yeah. Um, there is a... I'm going to spoil this one a little bit because it's not really a plot point, but it's just, it's just such a cool moment. It's so awesome. That if you're not reading it, it's something. It's a reason to read the book. So Frankenstein has been in here. He's one of the, he's one of the creatures that survived because he's dead already, so he's not, he can't be part of the rot. Gets his arm chopped off, uh, and 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 in one way comes comes upon a Green Lantern ring and becomes a Green Lantern. So he's like Frankenstein Green Lantern, and it is freaking awesome. I love the the cartoony way that the meat inside of his arm was drawn. Yeah, mm-hmm. with like a T bone from the Flintstones or yeah. something like that. <laughs> uh, I you know, it's just. It was disappointing way to to end this story. It's it's a storyline that's been happening, and we're gonna see what happens. I'm not gonna judge until we see what happens next month with Snyder's last issue and see what happens. But for it to be called the Rot World finale, it's not a good ending. I could, mm-hmm. if I could be perfectly honest, 
I haven't been into the Rot World thing for the last couple of issues, and I really, on, on almost both ends, the Animal Man stuff has been, I think, a little bit better, and some of the Swamp Thing stuff has been has been great, but I really, I'm curious to see what they're going to do with, with the epilogue. I just think as a whole, it didn't, I don't know what kind of ramifications, if any, mm-hmm. that it's going to have, because where they're leaving it, it almost sounds like they're going to hit a reset button. Yeah. Yeah. And that- well, I mean, I think you're going to see what Animal, I think Animal Man's going to carry much more of the ramifications over because I know the new writer on Swamp Thing has already said he's not going to really be dealing with the green and the and the red and the rot anymore. He's he's going on to make Swamp Thing more part of the regular DC universe. But hmm. Lemire is obviously going to have to deal with that stuff in his book. But well, his his stuff. I mean, I we all know I love Scott mm-hmm. Snyder and I, I have really been enjoying Swamp Thing. But I don't know. I I was just I was much more engaged and much more on board at the beginning of the event. I think like the first maybe two or three parts of each. And then it just, I think it took, just took too long to come out. I, I just, I think that, you know, if you're going to, this story, basically this has been a year and a half of story. This run has been one continuous run since the beginning and to leave it off the way it did, it's doesn't give it the fitting end that it seems like it should get, you know, it's disappointing. I texted Rob after I read it. I said, Animal Man was pretty good, but Swamp Thing is really disappointing. And that's the first time I've said that about a Scott Snyder written book since we started doing this. So it, I wish that I'd waited until they were all out and read the whole thing all at once. The thing is, I loved last month's Swamp Thing. I loved it. And this was just disappointing to me. Um, but really, you know, a book I want to talk about really is my book of the week is Green Arrow number 17. Um, Jeff Lemire, Andrea Sorrentino taking over the book. Um, new start uh, for Green Arrow, really. It still has continuity from the past 16 issues, but it's obviously treading a new ground for the character, especially here. Gone is kind of the globe-trotting industrialist. You know, Steve Jobs is a superhero thing that they've been doing for about 16 issues. We go back down to street level. We're kind of stripping Ollie down to his bare bones. We're going into his mythology and shaping it and changing it um, a little bit. Uh you know, obviously, big stuff about what how, what happened on the island. There's there's the the line that ends the book is this big you know this thing like this oh, oh a universe changing thing for the for the Green Arrow. Uh, the art Andrea Sorrentino brings kind of exactly what he was doing in I Vampire over to what he uh, to Green Arrow. Uh, interesting choice. I mean, it, it doesn't seem like the kind of art you'd see in a superhero book, which is kind of cool because DC has this kind of house style. And it's cool that one of their bigger books has a different look to it. There's the obvious comparisons that people are making to the uh, Fraction Aja Hawkeye book. Really? Yeah, because he's an archer and because of... Oh, it's yes. mostly because of the art. I think it's because of... The, obviously, the tone of the art is much different, but the almost impressionistic look to the art oh, okay. has some similarities. I, I think it's a lazy comparison to make. I think that the tone that Lemire is setting is... Mu- is it's like he's writing, you know, Frank Miller's Green Arrow in a lot of ways. You know, the kind of what he did with Daredevil, that's kind of what he's doing. And he said as much. That's kind of what he's trying to do. Like what Frank Miller did with Daredevil, he's trying to kind of do that with Green Arrow right now. Uh, the art is beautiful, and and, uh, and I'm really excited to see what happens. I get a little prickly about villains that seem to be mirror images of our hero, just like the bad version of them. Mm-hmm. But, I, you know, I will reserve the right you know and reserve judgment because i love jeff lemire one of my favorite writers i give him the benefit of the doubt until it doesn't work out uh what did you think rob it's funny because the day that book came out uh i had met steve at the store 
And I was like, mm. the the internet is ablaze about this book. Yeah, well, like, immediately when we opened up the shop, that was the first thing you said. Exactly. I was like, I was like, everyone's saying it's Hawkeye and blah, blah, blah. And uh, I was like, but it's definitely not. Mm-hmm. Read the book. And yeah. uh, I love the direction it's it's going in. Um, I'm I'm happy because mm-hmm. Green Arrow is a character I've loved the the whole Neil Adams Denny O'Neill mm-hmm. uh, Brave and the Bold you know Green Arrow Green Lantern stuff is probably some of the my favorite stories and and I love seeing the character get mm-hmm. get the stuff it's deserved basically mm-hmm. so so did you read it. I did. What do you think? I liked it. I liked it a lot. I uh, this was my first my first Green Arrow book ever. Mm-hmm. So my only exposure to Green Arrow has been the television show. Mm. I watched the first three episodes, and I know the show is doing well. I did not like it. <laughs> um, I had the same problem with it that I have with the, uh, that I had with Green Lantern and just some of the film. The love story aspects of some of these shows, some of these like CW whatever shows, it just enough. It's the same tired, lost love from you know high school or college. We find each other again anyway. We're not here to talk about the stupid show. <laughs> uh, it just got picked up for a second season. Yeah, no, you know show. what? I I don't know. Maybe they add some villains. Maybe if. Now that it's done, if the season ended, maybe I could watch it all the way through and whatever, but I doubt it. As far as the book is concerned, I did not see any of the similarities to Hawkeye in any way, shape, or form. I can definitely see what people are talking about as far as the art, as far as it being uh, artfully plotted in in, in spots, uh, but overall, it felt extraordinarily different to me. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Hawkeye to me is a laugh riot and has a lot of personality to it. This was much uh, darker, yeah. Than oh yeah, than Absolutely. anything anything that you'd find in Hawkeye. Yeah. So uh, it's a ridiculous comparison. <coughs> no, it's comparing well, James Bond to Derek Flint. They're yeah. different. They're just <laughs> yeah. It just goes to show you that you really you have to read something and make your own opinion. Mm. Absolutely. So, but I did enjoy it, and mm. I I mean. It's Lemire. It's a fresh start. I was able to, like I said, I've never read a page of Green Arrow, but I know enough about the character from those first three episodes mm-hmm. that they actually were were beneficial mm-hmm. to me that I was able to pick up right on this and didn't feel thrown into anything. Yeah. Um, it was just, it was a change of power, mm-hmm. you know, and that's what it was. I've, I've seen... The situation that they're that they're going with in the book, I've seen that in other books, but mm-hmm. it was done with a lot of personality. Mm-hmm. And I like the idea of somebody who is very powerful and very cunning being knocked off of their mm-hmm. spot yeah. and having to kind of, you know, crawl back up. Yeah. Uh, it's always an interesting journey. Yeah. Meh. I know you didn't huh? like it. I've been there, done that. They've done this to this character half dozen times now over the years. I've... Mm-hmm sat through all the rest of them <laughs> it's done well if you're coming at it new as you mm. guys are it's going to seem really fresh i've yeah. seen ollie lose his company and lose everything and blah, right blah, blah. of course yeah so okay yeah well done for what it is mm. except it's the worst name for a villain ever <laughs> the komodo yeah I know. do you know what komodo dragons actually do <laughs> they kill things with toxic spit mm-hmm. 
Great. Scare the hell out of me in Far Cry 3. (laughs) Maybe that's it. They're big, cuddly lizards with with nasty spit. Eh. Um, It's funny. I I actually, just really quick before we go to the break, I watched The Dark Knight Returns Part 2 this past weekend. Uh, I thought it was amazing. I think that it's yeah. it, it's head and shoulders above the first part, and I think it's just the fact that the second part of that story is better than the first part of that story. But the way they execute those the big sequences, the tunnel of love sequence with the Joker and the Superman fight at the end, are breathtaking. You know, and Michael Emerson does such is a great job with the Joker. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and uh, Mark Valley is playing Superman and does a, a fantastic job. And I love the bits with Oliver Queen. I think that they're just. He, yeah. that, that's so great and, and the great thing about that book is just he's missing his arm and they don't tell you why and so you just, your imagination fills this you know you're like did Superman pull off his arm yeah. like, you know yeah. to stop Komodo the dragon bit it off yeah. <laughs> could have been yeah. yeah I should have thought of that did Superman pull off his arm to stop him from being the green arrow when they, they were disbanding all these heroes it's a crazy thing to think but the way they do that that, that fight is amazing and that that line that he says to him right before the fight's over is just as good as it was in the book. It gives me chills when he says when Batman says that line of Superman. So uh, it, it's great, and I think everybody should watch it. And I think put together, it's just it, it does, really does that book justice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is a tough, tall order. Have you watched it yet, Steve? What? Uh, Dark Knight Returns Part Two. No. Okay, you should definitely check it out. I've been. I I want to have like the marathon. I want to have people <laughs> over and then do parts one and mm-hmm. two together. Mm-hmm. Popcorn, Count Batman masks, my Batman my Batman <laughs> slanket, the whole the whole deal. Uh, so maybe when I get back from uh, my little jaunt, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll do that. Awesome. And Peter Weller, great job. Definitely. Great, great job. It's he has the voice, you know, that right voice for it. Uh, so great, yeah. All right, so that's it for our Book of the Week segment. We're going to take a little break. We'll come right back and we'll be talking about some books we want to catch up on. talking about um kind of each of us put a top five list together about uh books that we want to read series characters creators you know kind of a catch-all kind of idea of just stuff that we've wanted to read that we haven't um i don't know what i don't actually don't know what rob's is going to be because he reads everything so i said maybe do a list of some people should read or a li- you know some you maybe want to revisit because i don't know where rob's gaps are that he, uh, stuff he actually wants to have read um so i mean we'll go what kind of each take a turn and do this. Um, Bob, why don't you start out? Sure. Well, for me, it's the same sort of thing, though I don't read as much as Rob does now, mm. but it's stuff I want to catch back up on. Mm. I haven't looked at in a while, and we do so much research around here for mm. talking about stories or just something else going on. My living room is covered in boxes mm. and books all over. There's no coffee table. It's books. <laughs> I think it'd stand all by itself. It's just the legs at this point. So mm. it's a matter of catching up on some things. So for me, uh, Spider-Girl. Uh, so it's, I have the first one here. It's What If 105 that Rob just told me is actually worth money. So I should not like drool on this or anything while I'm sitting here. Um, we're going to do this quickly. We'll, we'll talk about them all later. So just, I just mean, the, you, you can talk okay. about them now. We'll, we'll well, free it's an alternate future. It was the Avengers 2 universe where it's, it's 20 years out. 
It's May Parker, the daughter of Peter and Mary Jane. He's lost his leg, you know, fighting crime, and now she's taken up the family business, so to speak. Uh, Kane, who you know from uh, mm-hmm. your series, which is Scarlet Spider. Spider? Scarlet Spider. Uh, he's over there. He's from here too. And you get the older versions and some changes: Dark Devil as opposed to Daredevil. Some really cool stuff in here. And you still get the tarantula and the goblins in one form or another. Just a lot of fun. Uh, and unfortunately, you can't really get them anymore. It's a mess. Reprints on this are little digest size nonsense and one or two trades and ugh, horrible. Marvel's got to get on their case of this. Um, the original Ghost from back in the 90s, uh, they've now put out the three volumes of the Omnibus that now collect all the Eric Luke originals. Here, Steve, here, take a look. Mm. We've got some Adam Hughes going on there, John Cassidy eventually, uh, some really nice art, really was the best thing in that Dark Horse Presents, you know, Comics Greatest World, certainly. Um, I don't and, know why I expected this to be in black and white, but it's not. No, no it's, it's full not. Full color. Fancy that. Full color. The Adam uh, Hughes stuff is some of the best ghost stuff out there. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. And with the new series out, and maybe Kelly Sue will do another miniseries somewhere down the road. Um, what is it about Spider-Girl? Because you talked about Spider-Girl a couple times that, that draws you to her so much. It is a 70s Marvel book. I mean, mm-hmm. it's Ron Friends and Sal Buscema looking as if it came out of a Marvel team-up or a, or a Hulk book from the 70s. It is fun. It's told from a teenage girl's point of view without being smarmy or stupid or overly, look how fun teen we are. No, she's a responsible young woman, but she's also a young woman mm-hmm. learning how to do that too. You get all the spidey stuff that you want. You'll see Peter and Mary Jane and the supporting folks. It's light. But still, there's danger and adventure and just not the, the anxiety you feel reading the books now. It's just a great throwback. And it, it was the, is it still the longest-running female lead character for Marvel in terms of number of issues put out? There are more than 100 between the four different— Between the four series. Mm-hmm. And it kept getting canceled. You know, similarly with what's going on with Captain Marvel now, where people need to support these sort of books that are on the fringe because it just— Again, female lead character maybe wasn't finding its audience because people wanted Spider-Man. The rest of the, the A2 line got canceled pretty quickly. Oh, goodness, yeah. Well, well-deserved because they're yep. all crap. <laughs> <laughs> but this one idea stuck. And it, and it really, it's almost a thing. I'd love to see this as a cartoon. Oh, As an animated great. feature, totally it would be see him doing pretty it. amazing. Mm-hmm. But nah, I can't find him anymore. I'll have to lend him around. I'll bring the box around one of these days. We'll pour through them. But really, fun book. There's been like several series, right? Because I know I have some of them. Four. Yeah. Plus, in the Spider-Man family and Web of Spider-Man, she ended up as a backup feature. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Marvel, you know, for, for, to their credit, they tried. They kept going with this book no matter how badly the sales went. They kept trying to find ways to tell the story. It was the fan support. Yeah. Like the, there was huge writing campaigns that kind of revived it from what it was. Um, but, you know, after a while, sales dropped off. It was canceled. Mm-hmm. It just didn't fit into their plans. Then it was brought back mm-hmm. and still you know, didn't Same sell. thing over and over. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's one of those things. It's also like a television show that keeps moving time slots. Eventually, yeah. no one can find it. You didn't even know it was the thing ever going to come out mm. month to month. Right. Hmm. We've done two. Let's skip around here. Steve, what about you? Give us a couple. All right. Well, I'll have Rob uh, help me with this one. There is a series that I bought from Rob a while back. I bought all five volumes. Is there only five? Yep. All right. 
So I bought all five volumes of this series called Thieves and Kings by Mark Oakley. Uh, Rob, why don't you tell us a little bit about it? It's not like <laughs> an announcer. Um, so Mark Oakley, uh, he's from Canada, does his own little thing. He inks, draws, and writes uh, the whole book, basically. It's mm-hmm. in black and white. Uh, it has a cool... Like if anyone's been reading like multiple warheads, it's it's one of those things where you stare at the page and every time you're looking at the page, you just find new stuff, just big scenery and, you know, little castles and uh, great characterization. It's about uh, Quentin Quire, who's a, a young magician who gets sucked into kind of like a an alternate reality world, almost like Harry Potter-ish, I guess you could say, before Harry Potter. Um, dual personalities. It's 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 very hard to explain without giving away big big well, plot it's points. Written very interestingly because it's it's almost part novel, part graphic novel, where there'll be whole pages of straight text. Yep. Yeah. You'll you'll go through strip form. Then there'll be a couple of full page spreads with with some text at the bottom, and then you know four or five flat out pages of of just text. Um, so it's it's got a cool little spin to it. Mm. Isn't Quentin Quire the name of a character in the X Men universe too? Yeah. Okay. I just. <laughs> oh. Um. So that's that. Thanks, Rob. Mm-hmm. Uh. So yeah. So I have five volumes of that. So I should probably start. Uh. Mm. You know, reading that. So uh, you lent me the Crisis books. Yes. The Crisis series. Yeah. So that's on my list. Uh, Marvels is also on okay. my list. Marvels good is really choice. good. Yeah. Um. Sadly. You know, aside from you loaning me the crisis, everything on my list is stuff that I have that I just <laughs> haven't read. So this uh-huh. is kind of my, you know, list of shame slash why haven't you done this yet? Mm-hmm. With the exception of this, I would very, very much, I know it's really big, I would love to read Gail Simone's Birds of Prey mm-hmm. uh, run. So Well, it's interesting because I, that's one of the things I have as well. Okay. Just Birds of Prey in general, actually, uh, Chuck Dixon and Gail Started, Simone. Right. Yeah, and then it, and it goes right to Gail Simone after him, or is there something in between? Well, actually, it's, John Ostrander started Oracle. Right. Chuck Dixon began with a one-shot. Mm-hmm. Actually, it's two one-shots and then the regular book. And he did it for two or three years, I guess, Rob? Okay. Uh, Chuck yeah, Dixon he did. before Gail took over, and mm-hmm. then she did 70 issues or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to read that stuff. Yeah. Um, all right, so I'll mention one more, and then I have, like, the big three that I'll wait, okay. I'll, I'll save. But um, my friend Brandon has has not only gifted me books and has bought me stuff in the past uh, two years, but Dawn from uh, Michael Lindsner. I, I have not... He's been... Every single time that we hang out and we talk about comics, he goes, did you read Dawn yet? And every time I go... It's at the top of the pile, man. My my two read pile, and I I got caught two weeks ago because I told him I said it's in my pile. It's on top. He's like, no, it's not. And I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, it's it's in your your bookshelf. I said, no. I'm like, it's got to be on the pile, and I knew it wasn't. And I'm like, it's totally there. He's like, no, dude. He's like, remember you had me go and grab those books from your room. He's like, I totally saw it. It's on the shelf. I'm like, ah, motherfucker. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't. I know the, the the artwork, I mean, the art end of it is absolutely gorgeous. Um, but, you know, he, I hope he doesn't listen to this. His, his opinion on comics sometimes is kind of hit or miss for me. <laughs> um, he likes a lot of stuff that I, I can see why he likes it, but I, it's not necessarily my bag. Mm-hmm. He's a little bit more forgiving than I am. 
But um, it's his absolute favorite, favorite comic of life or character. Uh, mm. So artistry-wise, story-wise, and from from what he's told me, she seems like a, a really cool character. So I will uh, dive into that eventually. Oh, uh-huh, you, nice. you read Gambit. Yeah. And made somebody happy. So now you, there you can do Dawn. Yeah. I did read Gambit, and I had a laugh. <laughs> So I have I have three other big ones, but I will save them because they're kind of shockers. So I'll, I'll wait. So, I mean, I have a, a couple. I uh, And there are, two of them are kind of born out of the same thing. So uh, over the past half a year and finishing up finally this weekend, I read all of the Grant Morrison uh, Batman stuff, the stuff he did with Damien. I haven't read uh, Arkham Asylum or Gothic, but the stuff that started with Batman and Son and led all the way through till now, I've, I've read it all. And, you know... It got me thinking, plus watching The Dark Knight Returns uh, this past weekend, got me really thinking about Batman a lot, and I would really like to read some pre-Dark Knight Returns Batman stuff, you know, to kind of, some of the, the Dark Knight detective stuff like, you know, the, um, you know, the Neil Adams stuff, stuff like that, you know, get into that stuff, because I don't have any, I have no idea what the character is like before really the Frank Miller stuff begins um i mean bob what would you recommend or oh, just before all that or during some of that certainly the year one year two right yes which yeah. follow up after but the alan davis paul neary stuff okay is very good uh the engelhart marshall rogers mm. you, if you want detective batman it's yeah. all right in there and certainly neil no one draws a better batman than neil, neil adams, adams. <laughs> just absolutely incredible there isn't all that much of it no, it's but they've the, collected the, them now, right? There's a the collected stuff, some of yeah. the the brave and the bold stuff, mm-hmm. like the Denny O'Neill stuff, right? Like, yeah. the, so okay, cool. Um, and and that also led me to thinking about, uh, you know, uh, Morrison did a lot of did work on X Men, uh, new X Men, uh-huh. and I kind of want to take a little break from the Morrison stuff right now, so that's not what I dive into. But it got me thinking about the X Men universe because you know I haven't. I read a ton of it, but I'm get, I'm really kind of getting into it now, kind of with the Marvel Now stuff. I've really le- been able to dive into it, and we had another book I was coming out this week, the uh, Uncanny X Men number one, um, and obviously there's the 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 Claremont and Burns stuff, which stuff I want to get to. But the thing that I really I've want I've been hanging to get to before I even was into reading comic books was the Joss Whedon Astonishing X Men run he did with John uh, Cassidy and. Uh, that's definitely probably on the top of my list of things that I really want to dig into and read because I love the X-Men universe. I love Joss Whedon uh, and I, it, it's, it's amazing that I haven't read it yet. So those are, uh, you know, kind of two things. And plus you mentioned that you mentioned Chuck, uh, you mentioned birds of prey, which I'd like to read. I, I, I recently just started reading, uh, the, the Robin Joker's wild miniseries, which is the first Chuck Dixon thing I've ever read. And I love the way he writes, so I would love to dive in more to stuff like that. So, You're in for a treat. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, that's um, so. Rob, what about you? What, what kind of list did you come up with, by the way? Uh, mine's more of like a, a refresher list. Okay. Uh, yeah, cool. Kind of stuff I want to go back to, stuff mm-hmm. that I haven't read since the run had ended. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just just kind of well, one one of them's a crazy task. But uh, definitely Cerebus. I want to reread Cerebus. Uh, that's kind of a big undertaking. It's like 300 plus issues. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 300 plus issues. Uh, talking Aardvark. Uh, he's a barbarian in like a world of humans. Um, some 
awesome character moments. Uh, I mean, my favorite issue from that is basically like a five-minute conversation fleshed over an issue of just two people sitting at a table, and it, and it just feels so real. Mm-hmm. Um, crazy, crazy good. So if you haven't checked that out, uh, like I said, it's a pretty big undertaking, but it's it's kind of one of those books that that fits into comic book history. It's, You'll it's never one of those forget runs. it. Yeah. Um, and then just going into the Marvel Phase 2 kind of stuff, uh, I want to catch up on, well, not catch up, reread, I talked about it last week a bit, but uh, Infinity Gauntlet, mm-hmm. Infinity War, Infinity Crusade, uh, kind of just to refresh all my Thanos knowledge. Um, and then I think in 2004, 2005, the Guardians of the Galaxy run, just to tie into the cosmic stuff mm-hmm. leading up to the new Guardian series, Nova series. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to dive back into that stuff. Very cool, very cool. Mm-hmm. Bob, back to you. Okay, okay. I talked about this a little bit before. Uh, Defenders. Now with the new series, I want to go back and start again. So that went back to a Marvel feature and then some cool stuff from the 70s. I've been threatening to reread Luke Cage and Iron Fist and all the various connections of all these, and I will have to borrow the uh, uh, the fraction Fist, ones yeah. as well. Um, just great old-fashioned stuff. It was a neat concept for Marvel, the idea of a hero for hire, and, and his origin... Why there's never been a movie, I just still can't figure out. It just works so well. It's a it's a fellow who's in prison wrongly. Mm-hmm. You know, he's been framed, ends up in jail forever, volunteers for a super soldier experiment. And while he's getting bathed in the chemicals, sadistic prison guard turns the, the dials up and he actually, Luke Cage punches his way out of prison through the walls, <laughs> but can't go back to his other life. He's now a wanted fugitive. So takes his name from the cage he was then in and sets up an office above a movie theater in New York. And as people need his help, sometimes it's for free. A lot of the times it's for free. It's all very, very sort of daredevil-y. You know, it's all neighborhood. It's kid on the street corner kind of thing. But except for when Dr. Doom owed him $200 and he went and punched Mm -hmm. him out for it, which is a classic. Um, and, and the book went on for a good long time. Change of artists. It was Archie Goodwin, uh, George Tuska, Billy Graham, all sorts of folks. Tried. Tony Isabella was on the book for a long time. And Iron Fist not doing well. I mean, they got through 15 issues. Last one is actually the first Sabretooth, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, they decided to create the original sort of odd couple superhero mm-hmm. book. Because how does Iron Fist from right. Mr. Kundlan and Luke Cage from <laughs> Harlem work? Except it did. Mm-hmm. And the first three issues were the crossover. It's Claremont and Byrne, uh, where they actually solve some of Luke's problems. I don't want to give anything too much away here, but they they fix things. And this is where we see Misty Knight and Colleen Wing and, and the, the, the whole supporting cast begin to change. Gritty, real, fun, just good old-fashioned Marvel mm. comics. And ooh, there's a... <gasps> That's a lot of Iron Fist. Yeah. That's a lot of Iron Fist. Uh, are we going for number one, two already? Well, um, or, wait, let's, go well wait, let's go, go around. Steve, give us one of your big three. All right. Well, Rob mentioned before uh, on my list, which I actually just got my hands on tonight, 
But uh, the Infinity Gauntlet stuff, mm-hmm. all the the Thanos. Um, I've never read anything with Thanos. Thanos. Uh, <laughs> Thanos before. And I the my first exposure to the Infinity Gauntlet has been in all new Avengers. Mm-hmm. So and there's some pretty crazy stuff going on with that right now. So that after reading that tonight, it was like a slap in the face. It was like, yes, you have to go back. And it was funny because of all the times that I've seen the Infinity Gauntlet and every time that I've seen the gems and I've whatever, um, I was remembering a video game. I think it was Marvel versus Capcom for the PlayStation mm-hmm. where they had all the gems. That's where they fight different gems, do yeah. different things. and mm-hmm. Yep. Not until today. <laughs> it was like when I realized that Mrs. Krabappel's name was actually Crabapple. Oh, so you <laughs> never knew those gems were actually... Oh, no. Wow. No, I didn't. That's that's, that's how cool. out to lunch. No, that's cool. No, it is kind of cool. I, I, You know what? I kind of like the way my brain works It was works like a beautiful sometimes. mind just, just raised out Everything of the Everything's a surprise. <laughs> Everything's new. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the Infinity Gauntlet stuff. Um, here's one for you that I've never read that I'm actually quite ashamed to have not read. But Batman Nightfall. I've never read. I have it too. I have all of it. Original of first it. print. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I got the whole thing. Uh, my friend James came over with like two giant tubs of comics and in those two tubs was the entire nightfall run. Mm -hmm. So I need to read that. It's one of the most iconic Batman stories that I know of. And the fact that I don't know, there's just, there's something that as a Batman fan, knowing that I haven't read that, it hurts me. So I think that I, I, if I'm going to have any kind of, any kind of self-respect, I need to go back and read that. (laughs) <laughs> so just for me so i could sleep gotcha 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 um well for me also uh, you know this marvel now stuff has kind of got me reading books of characters that i haven't read before and one of those characters is the hulk you know i'm reading mark wade's instructable hulk and enjoying it but he's a character such a major character and a, and so knowing that i've never really read more than six issues of total probably of solo books of his um so i'd like to go back and read you know uh peter david's like at least a chunk yeah. of it the his run on the hulk because from all i've heard that's kind of one of the defining sure. runs of that book 12 years of it so right i'm not getting really really 12 years of it but i'm telling you know go back and read you know some you know some arcs and get, get some stories and you know learn what the hulk is about in, in different ways i don't know which stories those would be but um, well, I think there's one of those visionaries out. Oh, there definitely is. It's the Peter David visionaries. Mm. There's a couple, two or three volumes that kind of highlight the best, best of the bunch. My my, my favorite issue. You've read? The, have the you wedding? read his run? Yeah, sure. No, the bachelor party. Yeah, okay, yeah. Right. <laughs> the stag yeah. party. They're sitting down. Someone throws a porn on. It's, it's <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> ah, love it. So, and that's a character. You know, I just. One that I've never really g- gotten into, you know. I always liked the idea of it, but never picked up a book. And, um, and so I'd really like to go back and, and check that out. And I, when I've read of X Factor, I've really loved. You know, I love the tone of it. So I think that I'd enjoy uh, his take on the oh, Hulk. Absolutely, and he had so many different spots with the Hulk, mm-hmm. where he, he did different things with it. Uh, the whole Pantheon storyline was a lot of fun. Uh, Mister Fix It. Mister Fix It. Well, that was right around the time where, uh, like, he was showing up in the Spidey books then, and it just fascinated me. You know, this big gray bouncer dressed 
uh, Hulk. And I was like, what yeah. the hell is going on? <laughs> so I remember going, picking up the Hulk books then, and it was like, holy cow, he's, he's a mobster. And then there were the, the, the uh, Art Adams, the Fantastic Four, the all-new Fantastic Four, the two issues of the FF, something yeah. bad had happened. They were, in, as usual, some other dimension. And so you ended up with well, Ghost that was Rider. When, yeah, it was when Johnny Storm went Nova on the college campus. Yeah. So they went to go hunt. Yeah. yeah. So it's Ghost Rider, Mr. Fix-It, Wolverine, and Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. That's the Fantastic Four. And it works. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Very cool. So, Rob. Uh, I've been in a huge Vertigo mood lately. Uh, so I recently had went back and reread Sandman, the Neil Gaiman stuff. Um, and now I have lined up to reread, uh, three of my favorite Vertigo series, uh, Preacher, which I can't get enough of. Um, that's, uh, Ennis and Dylan. And I know you guys love Dylan with Thunderbolts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, that is a, that is like a must read book. Um, kind of down south country boy gets the word of God where he's able to speak and make anyone do what he says, basically. Um, he has a kind of a trashy southern girlfriend, uh, a best friend who's a vampire. Uh, you have characters like Arseface who shot he shot himself shot himself in the face with a shotgun yet lived after he heard about kurt cobain dying that that's (laughs) are you serious oh yeah yeah totally (laughs) just crazy off the wall stuff but great great read um they tried to make that into a television show like four times on hbo (laughs) yeah well that that goes right into the next one but uh why the last man the Mm -hmm. brian k vaughn series um and I mean that—that's something that I could totally see on the screen. Uh, but from what I've understood, he just doesn't doesn't want it up there. Well, the movie's going forward. Oh, they're definitely doing it. Or? Yeah, they're definitely doing. It. They got a director. Okay, good. Yeah. Um, and that's exactly what it what it sounds. It's uh, Yorick is the main character's name. Uh, he has he's an escape artist, uh, pet monkey ampersand, and he wakes up one day. And finds out that he's the only guy alive, mm-hmm. um, and he's and on the, the search only person for, alive, the only man alive, the only man yeah, alive. Yeah, yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and so he's on the search for his girlfriend, who was on a walkabout in Australia, and just a whole, the whole chain of events, uh, like right up into the end, is is just epic. Mm-hmm. Great, great book. And then the third one, I'll just end it off. Uh, Transmetropolitan. Um, I don't know if anyone has anyone read that here. I've never read it. I've nope. heard of it, but uh, Melissa Megan was um, telling me to read that like over and over and over again one afternoon. Holy cow! <laughs> uh, basically, crazed journalist lives up in the mountains. Uh, conspiracy theorist uh, gets hired to write for a newspaper, kind of political newspaper. And he likes his drugs, he likes his drink, and just political scandals abound. Um, mm. Great, great, great book. So I'm going back and starting those up again. Very cool, very cool. 
Uh, Bob, back to you. Sure. I briefly touched on this a week or so ago. I picked up all the trades on the Gail Simone run of Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. So you've oh, got wow. art by Terry Dodds, in this case, Aaron Lepresti. Um, it's, it came off a bad patch for Wonder Woman. It was the Diodato stuff and some, some other bad, terrible things happening to the character, including her working in Taco Bell. <laughs> or whatever the taco whiz or whatever it was in the issues before one woman loves fourth meal yeah so i uh i had only picked up a couple of these issues here and there based on there to be a crossover mm-hmm. and having read now through the first one it is all the stuff i love about gail simone and everything else and it's wonder woman it's the mythology she's now dealing with beowulf in this one she's to save Paradise Island in the last run of story, she had to go to, she couldn't get back on the island without help. So she went to every other godfather figure, Zeus and Odin, and ended up with a Hawaiian god helped her out <laughs> to get her back to save her mom from Nazis, even though it was, you know, 2008 or whatever it was. They're always Nazis. Nazis are always good <laughs> by being bad. Uh, I'm just really enjoying this, and they're all nice little packages and very affordable, and I'm really thrilled I got these. Awesome, Indeed. awesome. Steve. Well, Why the Last Man was on my list as well. I'm sorry. Uh, no, 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 it's, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's perfectly fine. Okay. <laughs> um, Stephanie's been trying to get me to read that for a dog's age. Uh, since her and I actually started talking about comics when I first asked her about doing the show. Um, so she'll be happy to know that that's somewhere on the list. But uh, you also mentioned my last one. So thanks. But <laughs> Uh, the Sandman series, Neil Gaiman's Sandman. Neil Gaiman's probably my favorite like fantasy novelist. Mm-hmm. That the idea that I've only read volume one of the Sandman and that's it is just it's not right. I'm in the same boat. Yeah, yeah. And it was so good. Mm-hmm. It was so it good. Was, like yeah. it was really, really, really good. Totally up my alley. But what I ended up doing was. I was all set to collect those volumes. I was like, all right, I'm going to get, you know, it was 20 bucks here. It was before I knew how to shop for comics. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, I can, you know, I'll, I'll get one a month or whatever. And I just said to myself, it's going to take too damn long because I read them too fast. So then the, then the theory was I'll get the absolute collections. <laughs> I'll get like, you know, I'll put down a hundred bucks and I'll get the the diesel version, <laughs> so that I'll have everything, and then I'll be Mister Cool. Because not only did I get to read Sandman, but I read it in like the absolute best yeah. way possible, and that didn't work out. So then I downloaded them, and I felt dirty and cheap, so I didn't read those either. Um, so I don't know how I'm gonna read it. But I'm going to have to read it. And whether that's collecting them all individually and searching out uh, good prices on Amazon and getting them used, uh, whatever I got to do, I have to start collecting those books. Mm. The idea that I have a now respectable comic collection, that there's only one volume. Um, I have all the death books. So mm. that's something. And they're all first prints. Mm. Hooray. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's that's number one on my list. Uh, and well, I don't you know wanna... that you can buy they there's that new slip cover it's $125 for every single one really yeah mmm tasty there you go maybe I'll do that uh, and maybe at the end I don't know I thought we were going to mention it I actually got to cross something off of my list this week which was Days of Future Past there you go yeah so um, we can either talk about that now or we can go back to it um, why don't we go back to it okay alright uh, well actually 
Sandman was on mine, and Wonder Woman actually it was huh. on mine because I don't really know anything about that character except for kind of stuff I've seen her in team books and the amount I've read her over in the new Fifty Two. But um, you know, good thing I had a couple backups so I can go with those. I really want to read. I don't know where to start. I don't know where to go. I don't know. I know there's a ton of it. I really want to read some Hellblazer because uh, I love the character of John Constantine, and all again, all I've really read is New Fifty Two stuff. I've never read anything before. The new 52. So I've never read any of the Vertigo stuff. So I'd love to dig into that stuff because I think that character is fascinating. Oh, um, I'm sorry. Hellboy. Okay. okay. I've really been enjoying uh, Hellboy and Hell, mm-hmm. the new series that's out. Uh, I would love to know where to start with that. I go back. I really dig the art and I dig the the humor and tone and just the atmosphere of it is is really really up my alley i've been loving that new series so i'd be curious to go back and see what's good from the rest of it yeah that's one of those books where you could pick up any volume like any four or five issue miniseries and Mm -hmm. read it and not feel lost well there was like this little demon dude in issue number three and he's like remember me and i'm like no (laughs) (laughs) sure there's gonna be characters well yeah i know but that's what i mean like that's i like it that much that it's it's prompting me to want to go back and maybe pick up a few of the trades and the, um i mean again the artwork is just the the use of color and the, the the boldness of the colors that they use for that world the oranges and the reds and the dark blues and the blacks and just really very like uh like dante like the divine comedy what i what i would imagine that would look like if they'd like made Dante's Inferno the comic mm-hmm. that you would you would have to get that creative team on that to pull it off. Mm-hmm. There just would be no other way. Gotcha. So and my really kind of number one almost thing is we talked about it a little bit earlier, but Superman in general. You know, I I read some stuff, not very much. I've read it more in other people's books or in team books. I don't even know where to start with the character. You know, the thing about it, it's weird, right? Because you say Batman, and you can't read uh, the amount of Batman, you know, graphic novels and trades that people say are great, you know? But when you talk about Superman, it seems like it's a really hard thing to pin down. Um, and I was actually going to ask, well, you, Bob, and you, uh, Rob, like, what are some stuff that you would recommend reading? Man of Steel. The, the Burn. Mm-hmm. Uh, Birthright. Uh, the Jeff Johns action stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the, I mean, the the new DC animated movie is based on the Brainiac, Brainiac storyline, right? Line, the Jeff Johns Brainiac storyline, which is probably the last good Superman story in the past, you know, five six years. Okay, isn't uh, that sad? But well, true. Yeah. Um, I mean, what but, would you say? No, but I, the iconic stories are what exactly? We're really too. If you want to go back? Oh, we introduced Supergirl in the late fifties. <laughs> Like, who are some, like, you mentioned Bernie, you mentioned John. So who are, like, some of the creators that on the book that, you know... Well, Jurgens had his big run. Yeah, Ordway wrote for a while, right? Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, you would have to read, like, the Death, Death of Superman, Doomsday Do stuff. Do I really Ju- have to read that stuff? Well, first off, it's a quick read. Okay. And it, it's kind of one of those, you know, pivotal history hmm. points with the character. Um, just don't read the follow-ups. Yeah, you don't have to read the follow-ups. Four Superman and <laughs> it's a five six issue gotcha. thing that goes by quick. But um, you do want to see when he comes back and looks like Richard Lewis, though, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you. Um, but there's probably a good 
four or five storylines that that you can mm-hmm. get by reading not heavily invested money wise or time wise that that'll give you the basis of good stories mm-hmm. i would say because the real problem is for about 20 years from the 50s into the early 70s it's not unreadable it's fun if you're eight mm-hmm. uh-huh but there, it's just too much Lois Lane trying to find out who he is and Red Kryptonite and Ant Head Superman and just lots of really dopey stuff. Uh, the Kryptonite No More with the famous Adams cover, that Sandman, that's a good little run. Mm-hmm. You do want to see some of what Kurt Swan was doing. Because for me, he was the, the, the Superman guy. Mm-hmm. His style was so different than what was going on at Marvel. Though I think my favorite Superman artist is Wayne Boring. Mm-hmm. Despite the boring name, <laughs> I got another one. Uh, the For All Seasons, yeah, Superman the for Jeff All Seasons. Yeah, yep, the Jeff Loeb Tinsale. Yeah, awesome, awesome. And how is uh, All Star Superman the oh, Morrison thing? How could I not say that? <laughs> All Star Superman is great. Okay, and great. trippy. And did you see the animated? No, one? I didn't watch it. No. Okay, read it first okay. before you watch the animated one. Uh, again, only twelve issues, so mm-hmm. it's it's nothing. nothing I tried to watch that one day and I got booed. What? Yeah, it was Who? really it was very uncomfortable. Ah, oh, screw that. <laughs> <laughs> Who was booing? I just friends of mine. It was, I think it was Beller and Brendan. They mm-hmm. just uh, they, they they hate Superman, mm-hmm. and it was you know just it was like a new comic book movie to watch. Right. Like, oh, let's check it out. I think we got about. Like two and a half, maybe four minutes into it, mm-hmm. and I they just wouldn't stop. Boo, <laughs> boo. I'm like, are you really gonna do this the whole time? Boo. I'm like, all right, fine. So no. we ended up watching, I think, uh, Under the Red Hood for like the ninth time or something like that. It's a good one though. No, it's excellent. But uh, was, you know, I wanted to watch Superman. And uh, there's what's the one, the Mark Millar one, where it's like the alternate Red Sun? Is that? Red Sun? Yeah, that's the Elseworlds book. Where he lands in Russia instead of America, right? Uh-huh. Okay. There's that. There's the nail, which is another good Elseworlds. Yeah, yeah that's the Alan Davis. Mm-hmm. There's also True Brit. A true. That's the John, John Byrne. Cleese. Super. Yeah. Super. Yeah. John Cleese and Cleese, John yeah. Byrne. The moral of the story, Bobby. You got a lot of choices. Yeah, I got a lot of choices. I guess you have um, to narrow it down. Yeah. But they're all short. There's not any. Yeah, that, that's yeah. what I'm saying. It's, yeah. it's like four or five issue kind of things. Mm-hmm. Birthrights twelve. All Stars twelve. So. Right. You know, cool. no, nothing Morrison Batman like that you just no. finished. <laughs> and for balance, I would suggest tr- trying to find. I'm, I'm sure they the, there's a DC app or whatever. Mm-hmm. Read some of the Siegel and Schuster Superman mm-hmm. from the very beginning, where he was a much different sort of character, mm-hmm. social crusader, not nice fella. Mm-hmm. He, he right. wasn't a Boy Scout for a very long time. That came after the television show. Interesting. Interesting. Okay, cool. And what was the you wanted to talk about Days of Future Past, right? Say before. Oh, we... I thought I thought I would mention. I mean, it was one of those things that uh, obviously the movie coming out. I was curious about it. It had been something that I borrowed from Rob a couple months back. That I finally sat down about two nights ago, and I said, "I'm I'm going to read this." And um, I didn't mean to give the impression earlier before the show that I didn't in, that I didn't enjoy it. I did enjoy it. I just think it's interesting that they're going to be using this as the backbone for the next film that supposedly is going to follow the first class mm-hmm. um, string of films. And I just think it's odd that there's the casting choices so far that characters that are in this are not cast mm-hmm. that. And also I'm hoping that they recast some of the people that show up in this book. Uh, and then you have the whole, there's going to be an all CG character 
I think he's I think he's probably talking about the Sentinels. I think that's probably what he's talking about. All right. Well, that's what I figured. Yeah. Is, okay. Um. But yeah, I don't know. It was, I, I think it was, uh, I don't want to, I, I hate to say that it was overhyped for me, but I expected it to be a little bit longer. I know that I, I picked it up, but I know it was very wordy. It was, you know, it, it took some yeah. doing, but it wasn't as bad as I had anticipated it being as far as, as word count. But it just didn't feel very, uh, it just didn't feel very big for, to me. It didn't feel like something that would be, a part of a of a film like you could do a film on it but you would have to expand upon it so much that i just i it's i'm worried about the story being lost amidst a whole bunch of other new characters and trying to weave it into the new universe and um well i don't think you're going to see any characters in the movie that you haven't seen in prior movies I, I don't think they're going to include characters that have never been in, in the movies mm-hmm. in the new movie. Well, I mean, Mystique is, uh, she formed this Brotherhood of Evil yeah. or something. The Blob is a huge, uh, dum dum. He's, yeah. a, he's a big yeah. part of, the, uh, of, of that group. And I mean, are we really going to bring that dude from Lost back? Well, I don't think I. I don't think everybody is going to be in it. All right. Um. Though it could be. <laughs> you yeah. know. I just. You know what it is. I. I loved First Class. It's my favorite mm. of the X Men films. I'm not really a big fan of the other ones. Um. I just. I would have. I wish that it was a story that I was a little bit more. I was a little bit more impressed with. A little bit more into. I love the. Um. I love the Kitty Pride stuff. Mm-hmm. I thought that was great. Yeah. Uh. I just don't. I don't know. I, I'm not. I'm not nearly as excited for it as I. I was talking to somebody on Twitter that, you know, when the time comes that we get a trailer and that things start to pick up on the film, I'm probably going to completely eat my words. <laughs> um, and no, and I'll I'll gladly do mm-hmm. it. You know, I'll gladly choke them down if you're going to give me a, a great X Men movie. Mm-hmm. But when you tell me that you're going to have a follow up film to First Class and it's going to be time travel and it's going to be you know consequences and this mm-hmm. and that and the other thing. I just I expected something with a little bit more length and a little bit more consequences to the story. I felt like this was kind of like a like a moment and that where it ended huh. that it didn't really end. It can't. Mm-hmm. In, in the nature of time travel with time paradox, they can't affect what happens to them. Mm-hmm. They can stop that future happening here. Mm-hmm in the timeline they've gone back to that dystopian future. They're a part of It's still there. It'll always be there. It's like what they did in the star Trek reboot, yeah. you know? And I think that's exactly what they're going to do with X-Men space of future past. Yeah. I mean, my, my biggest thing is I can't wait to see the Sentinels. Like yeah. I absolutely yeah. cannot wait yeah. to see that on the big screen. Yeah, that, no. that alone has me super excited for that movie. I mean, they've been, been clamoring for that since the first movie. Yeah, you know, and it's finally going to be done. Yeah, all, all you got so far was that head dropping. <laughs> yeah, in the, in the danger one. room, oh, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, not not so good. Um, so I we I, I, on Twitter asking people, you know, some of their books, and uh, we got some repstones said Doctor Strange and Iron Fist. Although he's in the process of correcting that, never got around to reading any Green Hornet, but he's excited for the you know the Mark Wade ah. one coming up. Um. Uh, he says he knows that Steve is ashamed. He never got into a certain tousle-haired Cajun Lothario. <laughs> 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 uh, 
It's on uh, my list, buddy. <laughs> not really. Uh, Cody at Cody from side three says uh, Green Lantern, Thor, Fantastic Four, and Superman. Um, and he also said a big one for him is Aquaman, along with a lot of other minor DC characters that he knows nothing about. He eats fish sticks. What's up with that? <laughs> uh, he does not talk to fish. Um, but fish do perform surgery on him. It's true. <laughs> uh, we also got a couple, you know, just uh, random listener questions, uh, which are pretty cool. Um, if my Facebook app will actually work, we got some left on our Facebook page, uh, mm. facebook.com slash uh, talking comics. Um, let's see here. Uh, so uh, this is actually for Bob. Uh, and this is from Oops. Taylor. He says, this is my first year returning to comics since I was 13. He's now 24. Back then, I was pretty much a strict DC reader. However, with my return, I'm reading everything I can find, and I'm becoming a huge fan of Black Bolt and Namor. I just started mm-hmm. reading Hickman's FF, and I'm hooked, not to mention the current New Avengers run. What other stories would you recommend for these glorious characters? Oh, boy. Uh, Namor, Steve's in the midst of picking up on the start of his storyline when he him. comes back in, in Fantastic Four number four. Very complex, dude. Yeah, and that's really where you see it. I would suggest going back to the beginning and, and the real beginning. Go back to Bill Everett's 39 original. He is that anti-hero day one. Mm-hmm. He is not thrilled with the human race and inundates New York City and is fighting with the, human, the android human torch. But he had runs in... There's a John Byrne one. There's a there's certainly the one from the 60s with Gene Colan's art. It's a lot of fun where you get quests for Atlantean relics and so on. Namor's generally been done pretty well across the years. He's mm-hmm. one of those characters never really sustained a title for long, mm-hmm. but always seemed to be done well, and you loved seeing him show up. Um, fighting the Avengers in Avengers 3 is a really cool one. If you can find the Ritz, the Hulk and Submariner versus the Avengers after the the Hulk has quit, stormed off at the end of number two. But it's not a good idea to have him on the team to start with. In humans, that begins with FF45, uh, and it's a whole little run there as they end up trapped in the uh, behind the negative barrier. Uh, Paul Jenkins series, I guess it was, was it about 10 years ago, Ron? Mm-hmm. Jay Lee was really, really good. It's 12 issue. The Marvel Knight one? Yeah. There's yeah. 12 issues? Yes. Really good. Um what Hickman's done here has been really great. You get a lot of history in 50, the ones where uh, Valeria is born, 51 to 54, 50 to 54, the Pacheco, mm-hmm. a lot of backstory there. The, the Inhumans, it's very complicated, mm-hmm. needless to say. So hopefully that helped. Yeah, um, I will say, I mean, I, I don't have a lot of experience with Submariner, but the Gillen, the short running on Uncanny X-Men, I well, it kind of restarted with the Extinction Squad Namor was part of that for I guess it was like seventeen issues or something like that. Uh, he's really that stuff is really good and he, he's a really great character in that. Yeah, just his interaction with Scott. Yeah, uh, and that is awesome. Yeah, and I'm loving him so in the new Avengers book. His yep. interactions with Black Panther are fantastic. Oh, and uh, the Fraction uh, Defenders. Defenders sure. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. If if you want some Mariner stuff, yeah, absolutely. Good, um, good call. Mm. Uh, this is from Toby. He says, hi, team. Just want to let you know, uh, l- let you all know how much I enjoy listening to the show. I look forward to it every week and want to contribute to the conversation. Thank you. Thank you very mm. much. I've noticed uh, as you're going over the week's shipping titles, I sometimes hear yes and Oz <laughs> and the occasional ew or yuck, but rarely do I hear about why those comments are being made. Um, he's specifically referring to DC's Earth 2 series, 
which I've heard a lots of yuck comments on. That's for me. But he's surprisingly enjoying quite a bit. Um, conversely, you know, he picked up Captain Marvel um, after hearing us talk about the last issue, and he he didn't really take to it. So um, he said, perhaps these are different different tastes. But he'd love to hear the reasons why, you know. I mean, we've talked a lot about the reasons why you love Captain Marvel, but mm-hmm. what are the reasons why you don't like Earth Two? I mean, we can all kind of talk about it, but you, sure. are, you know, a big Earth Two person, you know, the past incarnation. So, what is it about this new one that you don't really well, like? That's really the problem for mm-hmm. me. In that, I fell in love with those Justice Society characters to the point of having gone back and bought every every DC archive of the original All-Star from the 40s, the, every Infinity Inc. Mm-hmm. All-Star comics. Uh, actually, it was on my short list of things to go back through for this next year. And I loved what they're doing with World's Finest. I think those characters are, are well-served and representative of what that other Earth 2 was back in the 60s and 70s before the crisis. These new dark versions just do not appeal to me. I thought some of the Flash stuff was interesting early on. It's gotten awfully bad quickly. Hawkgirl, nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, they blew up Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman just to start with, though I think the next issue is going to revisit some of the, this battle they had. I would have liked to have seen the history of those characters rather than these new ones they're mm-hmm. trying to shoehorn into the new dark DC universe. And that's just that, that attitude about it that gets to me. Right. I mean, for me, I have no history with those these characters at all. And I started loving the first issue with the battle, and it just felt really big and, and, and great to me. And then it just felt every issue was trying to shortcut its way into you knowing who these characters were. And I always felt it's very heavy-handed, very just badly written dialogue and... and and plotting that just felt unearned to me. I mean, we talked about the Green Lantern thing a little bit. Uh, forget about the fact that he's gay. Even if it was, even if it was a woman, the, the relationship has no weight to it. But they no. expect you to care about it, and it just yeah. doesn't feel good to me. I mean, Rob, what do you think? No, I, I definitely agree, and especially going back to like original Justice Society or even Jeff Johns Justice Society. The the comparison is not even there. Um, it it just doesn't read well. It's, mm-hmm. it's odd. I mean, it's weird too because isn't James Robinson a guy who's been working in this world for a while? Yeah, the golden age was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. You know, it was it, again an alternate version of those characters, but still very well done. He captured them fairly well. This nothing, mm-hmm. and granted, they're different people. They just don't seem likable, for one thing, right, which yeah. is a real problem. Uh, why they're going to get together seems happenstance. Mm-hmm. No weight to it at all. None. It's flashy. It looks really good. I'll yeah. say that. I mean, if nothing else, it looks great. Uh, Steve, you read a couple issues, right? And then dropped I think off. I read like three, mm-hmm. and I dropped off. Uh, I remember, I mean, I I collect a lot of books, and... There are times when I just need to make cuts and things that are not gelling with me. I say maybe I'll pick them up in trade, so I drop them off. But that was a book that uh, it was – I remember it being something about the dialogue. It's hard to pinpoint. Mm -hmm. I mean I was only three issues in, so it's hard to to remember. But I remember there being something about the last issue that I read, the dialogue. I just felt that the dialogue was extremely immature – Mm-hmm. And yeah. trying really, really hard to sound cool 
it's almost like like your your dad, you know, talking in front of your friends when he's dropping you off for school or something. And he's, you know, trying to use the lingo and trying to, you know, your God forbid your mom's trying to do it. And I just, it, you know, I was reading it and I was kind of like, oh, 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 no, no, no. They, they, you know, the kids don't say that. And it took me, it took me out of the book. It took me out of the character. It had moments. Um, there were conversations that I did enjoy, and there were interactions that I did enjoy. But then, those little bits that I I liked, and I was kind of starting to get you know up on the book. Oh, well, maybe this isn't so bad. Then they would do something that would kind of steamroll that emotion out of me, and it was just too much of that versus like the the nay moments outweighed the yay moments mm-hmm. for me uh, just on that particular title yeah uh perhaps it's gotten better but i i just didn't the whole fighting rats thing i think <laughs> oh, it i didn't was. get to that part yeah i don't know I, I it just it wasn't with with so much with the influx of new books that was that was happening at that time some stuff needed to be cut and that was just one of those things that it was like do i really need to read this no yeah and i mean we you know we talk a lot about the benefits of compressed to uncompressed mm-hmm. storytelling and you know the, i think there are times where both either one of them works better than the other but i feel like earth 2 tried to tell tried to do those things where every issue was kind of faulting the story forward and setting a new uh, setting up a new character but it still had kind of the amount of content that a book has that is telling a story that same story over three issues mm-hmm. you know so you didn't have anything to go on with, with the people and i think it also are because world's finest was so good in comparison like you were saying that you felt like that's what the that the book should have shared a tone and they didn't share one at all yeah they are pun intended they are from different universes mm-hmm. so yeah so Plus, I don't even—I don't even know where they're going with Earth Two. I don't—I don't understand what they're doing. They have one book that's set in that universe. Are they—are are they going to cross it over at some point? And if they do, like, at this point, who's going to even care when they cross it over? It, it just feels very weird. Yeah, it feels like they got a lot of flack for it not being there, and decided to create it because yeah. you know. So why didn't they just have the? Old Earth too, where they just yeah. so afraid mm-hmm. to have I don't know a guy with gray hair as a superhero. Well, maybe they'll show up Thanksgiving. Isn't isn't that where Multiversity is yeah. going to show up <laughs> yeah. this year? As for each of the last ten, yeah, is that supposed to be there in Thanksgiving? Is that when it's supposed to be out now? I have no. They have fingers, no clue anymore. Between yeah. that and Trinity War, and mm-hmm. it, it seems like everything's all jarbled up. Unfortunately, he did. Morrison did say that he is something like fifty pages into his Wonder Woman thing that he's doing right now so we'll see what happens with that i feel like when he doesn't have a deadline doesn't then he just doesn't care <laughs> he just no, take as long as he is five or six years in the planning at least yeah didn't know yeah that that's when you first heard like inklings of it mm-hmm. goodness goodness <laughs> oh we'll see what happens um so thank you guys for writing in. Again, it's at Talking Comics, info at TalkingComicBooks.com or TalkingComicBooks.com uh, is the website. Uh, before we go on to this week's releases, Bob, you had something you wanted to talk about. Tomorrow is Valentine's sure. Day. Yeah, so we, we need to think about these sort of things. Be, uh, there was actually a story we didn't get to about Marvel having a line of romance novels. Oh, that's which, I totally forgot about that. Yeah. So we could throw that in here yeah, too. Yeah, the She-Hulk one and Rogue, is it the two? Yeah. yeah She-Hulk okay. Diaries and Rogue Touch. Yeah. Hmm. Now... 
for me personally, I'll, let me just take point here for a second. Uh, according to what we were talking about fixing Marvel, um, there was a uh, study I saw that in the United States, United Kingdom, and Canada, uh, the fiction readership is 80% female. Mm-hmm. Now, if we can do a respectful, tasteful superhero book that enhances the soap opera romantic elements that are in comics anyway mm-hmm. and brings a new readership to this, how can this be a bad thing? Sir, I, I mean, as I don't think I don't think there's any way it's really a bad thing because if if they're horrible, they'll just be like a you know those things. People remember when they did those books? You know, right. it, it won't even be a big deal. And the best case is somebody reads it, they love it, and they end up picking up a comic book. Fifty you know? Shades of Grey Hulk. Yeah, I mean, that's, well, that's the <laughs> terrible title of the article, and they're yeah. not writing sort of you know BDSM yeah. superhero fiction. Oh, it's plenty of that on the internet as it is. It's just the shorthand they <laughs> use to get, yeah. you know, try to make you understand what what they're talking about. Hey, you know, Bob, but... tell everybody. Yeah, I will, and, and <laughs> as part of my next thing here, okay. I love um, it. I love it. I, on the site, it'll go up tomorrow. I did a, a a retro review about Fantastic Four Annual Number Three, which is the wedding of Reed and Sue, which is crashed by every villain in the Marvel universe, and it's just a great fun jam book and there's been reprinted since including the wonderful fantastic four 40th anniversary special which reprints this old one and has a new story but when i was trying to find images for this piece i typed in you know yahoo image search uh, sue storm reed richards wedding (laughs) i end up with fantastic four porn oh goodness mr fantastic mr fantastic (laughs) being really fantastic (laughs) in way too many places on sue's body on top of everything else it is pretty oh, heinous wow yeah but you know from it's, across it's the there. room <laughs> and, oh, now that i've said that people are going to look and, and there'll be lots of hits for these sites yes, I'm, I'm sad, it's going to be on sad, like top sad, google search yeah. right yeah uh. and so send me a check then at least uh, and there's the one other romantic thing I want to mention is thanks to the guys here, I read Spider-Man Blue this year, last Ooh. year, and it will be what I read Thursday. Ah, that's cool. And there'll be a tear at the yes. end. <laughs> yes. I just pushed that on someone a couple of days ago, right before the storm. It's a good I, thing I, to push. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I got that uh, for my girlfriend for Valentine's Day. Awesome. Ooh. Yeah. I, I'm curious to see what she's going to think of it. And it's funny because I was, I was wrapping it up and uh, I flipped to like the final pages mm-hmm. and I found the page that broke me last yeah. time. And I didn't even uh-huh. read the book. I just read the page. <laughs> and I was just like, <laughs> where's the wrapping paper? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I just, oh, so good. I can't say it out loud or I get choked up. Uh-huh. No. So oh. I just, I, I can't do it. But it, it's, it's, so, it's so great. One day you should just have the page here and try and read it yeah. and see what happens. <laughs> just re- we'll turn it into a radio play. Yeah, yeah, just yeah, yeah. Read oh, that, would, that would be great. Yeah. How long have you been standing there? <laughs> oh, no, don't get us all started. <laughs> all right. So anything else? That's, about? No, that's, that's about it. All right. So let's talk about some books that are on the shelves Ooh. right now today uh, from Boom Studios. Uh, we have Bravest Warriors number five, mm-hmm. uh, Garfield number ten. Uh, Grace Randolph's Superbia, number four, uh, and Planet of the Apes special, number one. From Dark Horse, we actually have uh, the hardcover of Alabaster Wolves is coming out this oh, week. Nice. Um, Do we have a price on that one? Nineteen ninety nine. 
That's not bad at all. That's not bad at all. That's a great book. It's a great, 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 great book. Uh, BPRD, Hell on Earth, number 104, The Abyss of Time, part two of two. Uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, season nine, number 18. Um, We have Creepy Comics, number 11. Uh, Curse of Dracula, hardcover. Ex Sanguine, number five of five. Um, Star Wars, number two. Strain, number 11 of 12. And To Hell You Ride, number three of five. Um, from DC Comics, we have Emmy Coming Girls number five featuring Supergirl. Uh, we have Batgirl number 17, Batman number 17, Yay. Batman You're... and Robin number 17, You're... Batman Arkham Unhinged number 11, Before Watchmen Comedian number five of six, uh, Deathstroke number 17, Demon Knights number 17, Django Unchained number two. Um, Katana number one that's JLA's Katana number one Uh, Ravagers number nine Saucer Country number 12 Saucy uh, Suicide Squad number 17 Superboy number 17 Team 7 number five Threshold number two all I keep hearing is cancelled cancelled yeah I know (laughs) from Dynamite we have Bionic Man versus Bionic Woman number two Evil Ernie number four Garth Ennis's Battlefields number four Jim Butcher's The Dresden Files, Ghoul Goblin, number two. Kevin Smith's The Bionic Man, number 16. Pathfinder, number five. Red Sonja, number 73. Red Sonja Unchained, number one. Wow. Uh, No chain mail bikini? Is that what that's about? Uh, Warlord of Mars, Deja Thoris, number 22. From IDW, we have Ghostbusters, number one. Oh, Oh. sweet. Mm -hmm. Uh, Highways, number two. Uh, Mars Attacks, number seven. Um, we have Popeye, number 10. Uh, Transformers Regeneration, one, number 88. And True Blood, number nine. Uh, the Ghostbusters book has a backup that's the real Ghostbusters. I want... Based on the cartoon. Oh. Yeah. I want the Ghostbusters book, and I want the girly cover. You heard it here. <laughs> okay. The girly cover? Okay. There's a... Um, what should we call it? There's a female Ghostbuster. Oh. Uh, oh. part of the group now and I just I love I love the look of her she looks almost like a uh, what is it uh, girl with a dragon tattoo in a Ghostbuster outfit interesting wow. now, was the real Ghostbusters the one with the guy in the wheelchair oh I don't remember I just remember the, car- the watching cartoon, the cartoon yeah. where the one of the iterations different. had a guy in a wheelchair I don't remember and there was one, one with was. a monkey and Slimer was like their assistant well, yeah. yeah. That was the first was Ghostbusters, great. actually. Yeah. yeah. The guys from F Troop. <laughs> hmm. um, Image Comics, we have America's Got Powers, number five of six. Whoa. Uh, Bedlam, know. number four. Yeah. Change, number three of four. Yes. Clone, number four. Cyberforce, number three. Elephant Men, number 46. Uh, End Times of Brahmin Ben, number two of four. Fatal, number 12. Yeah. Hoax Hunters, number seven. Manhattan Projects, number nine. Morning Glories, number 24. Holy crap. <laughs> Peter Panzerfaust, number nine. Storm Dogs, number three of six. Todd, the ugliest kid on earth, number two of four. Yay. Walking Dead, number 107. And Walking Dead, the Governor Special. Mm-hmm. Now, what is, is it like a, re, that a reprint or is that a new story? The Governor Special. It's a, his first appearance reprinted. Uh, okay. And then, um, in one of the comic book legal, de- legal defense fund uh, issues, it kind of had like a four or five page governor story. So it's okay. reprinting that. 
Interesting. All right. Um, for Marvel, we have Age of Apocalypse number 12, uh, which is that's almost done. Uh, yeah, Avengers yeah, Arena. Yeah. <laughs> Avengers Arena number four. Avengers Assemble number 12. Yeah. Cable and X-Force number four. Yeah. Um, we have Dark Tower, The Gunslinger, Shimi's Tale number two of two. Uh, Fantastic Four number four. Yes. I've heard of that one. <laughs> Fury Max number nine. Uh, we have Powers Bureau number one. Uh, we have Scarlet Spider number 14, Secret Avengers number one. Hmm. Uh, yeah. We have Uncanny X-Men number one. Yes. Uh, Wolverine the X-Men number 25, X-Men number 41, and Extreme X-Men number 10. Extreme. Uh, from Owning Press, we have Last Call volume two. Um, and uh, wait, 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 wait. Oh, yeah, from Valiant. There we go. Valiant, we have Archer and Armstrong, number seven, and Bloodshot, number eight. And from Xenoscope, we have Grim Fairy Tales presents Godstorm, number four, and Grim Universe, number three. So that is what I was on the shelves uh, right now. Um, Again, guys, if you want to get in contact with us, info at talkingcomicbooks.com. Talkingcomicbooks.com is the website. At Talking Comics is the Twitter. And Facebook.com slash Talking Comics is the Facebook page. Uh, my personal Twitter is at Bobby Shortle. Steve's. Mine is at dead underscore anchorus. Rob? Dusk 1020. Whoa, you almost forgot it. Well, no, I almost said couch again. No, that was you. <laughs> no, yeah. But yeah, dusk. D-U-S-K, no, I said desk. Oh, desk. Okay, that desk too. Desk 1020. You should take that. You said couch one week. Yeah. He said desk. You said couch. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. I think he was making fun of me. And Bob. <laughs> uh, Bob Ryer at TalkingComicBooks.com for email. All right. So that is it for Talking Comics for this week. For Steve. Have fun, people. Bob. Au revoir. And Rob. Keep it safe. I've been Bobby. Until next time on Talking Comics. To be continued. Continued.